For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. How about a sugary boost to start the week? Well, it's Monday, so we have Monday Munchies again, courtesy of ourselves an offbeat donuts creating circles of obsession from their store on French Church Street. So we will be delivering, uh, depending on the size of the, bu- the business, of course, every Monday morning, uh, five boxes up to 60 donuts. But you need to tell us uh, who you are and where you are and why you deserve to start the week with this treat. So text WhatsApp 0868104106 and we'll start the shout outs a little later on this morning. The papers do talk a lot about weather. Certainly the red tops love it. Scorchio, but bring a brolly. That's probably the most concise forecast really for the next few days. Scorchio, but bring a brolly. We're feeling a bit thunder the weather. Ireland set to sizzle in the hottest day of the year so far. Um, this is the sun talking as they speak about rocket temperatures to 27 degrees, a four day mini heat wave. I can't see us getting that high. In fact, the independents are even more optimistic. They're saying layer on the sunscreen, temperatures may hit 28 degrees. But with that kind of high temperature and humidity, it could, in some parts of the country, lead to thunderstorms as well. And some are saying that that's welcome after the hot spell depleted water levels and what have you. Uh, So a lot of weather-related stories (coughs) making the papers today. The march on Saturday um, was over a 1,000 people. You had all sorts of people from all walks of life who marched uh, as part of the Raise the Roof protest about the housing housing crisis. And they were chanting. um, They were chanting at our politicians and their governments. It's a front-pager making the echo today. And one of the chants was, Taoiseach, in your ivory tower, this is called people power. And there were many, many speakers, amongst them Katrina Toomey from Penny Dinners, who said that um, uh, we see people one day at Penny Dinners, two or three days later, we learn that they've died on our streets. They've died in the loneliest of circumstances. We had three die just last week and two the week before. And that's why the Echo headline this morning says five died on the streets of Cork within a two-week period. Absolutely tragic. Will the march make a difference? I certainly hope so. There was another rally or march or procession, actually, to give it its uh, respectful term. And that was the Eucharistic procession, the first one since the pandemic. And it happened yesterday, started up at the North Chapel and came all the way down through the streets of Cork on to uh, ending up at St. Peter and Paul's Church with benediction and prayers. That's the first one. Very soon now, the Eucharistic procession on Leaside will be uh, 100 years old and the 100th anniversary will be in 2026. I don't know how many turned up. I'm quite sure that it was well subscribed, but nothing like it would have been 30, 40, 50 years ago because the scale of the Eucharistic procession when I was small was enormous. And if I remember correctly... And I'm open to correction on this. I think it used to culminate at Dawn Square and a massive big stage would have been erected on Dawn Square and there was lots of pomp and colour and pageantry. So it's a story with photographs that makes the uh, echo today. Uh, on the shoulders of giants, uh, McCarthy makes his final journey. Um, that's the headliner making this morning's echo. Front and inside pages talk of the, well, clearly, obviously, the, the very tragic death of, uh, sad death of uh, Teddy McCarthy, but the incredible turnout of the public and there's a lovely photograph making the echo today Billy Morgan Jimmy Barry Murphy Dr Con Murphy I'd say a lot of different people took turns at shouldering uh, the coffin of uh, the dual star Teddy McCarthy the examiner say it's a lovely headline in the examiner today flags fly with Teddy on his final leap uh, and there's quite extensive coverage in it on the front and inside pages of both the examiner and the echo today um, I, know, I know I'm breaking to something but unfortunately I have a dead screen here so I'm not quite sure exactly what I'm doing but I believe there's been some incident 
uh, down around the tunnel and the photograph that I'm looking at actually has all traffic stopped and a bus on its side, leaning on its left-hand side. Uh, and now that I look at it again, it's not actually the tunnel, but um, I'm not hearing anything in my ear as to what it is. A bus is after getting stuck under the bridge. This is the Dublin Hill Bridge. Uh, I think Elaine actually may have well been in the area or might even still be there. Elaine, good morning. Hi, Neil. Sorry about this. Now, I'm literally just hearing it in my ear and somebody's handed me a photograph and I've worked out that it is the tunnel at Dublin Hill. What, what's going on there? What did you see? It's just like a bus is after getting stuck under the bridge on Dublin Hill and it's kind of leaning to one side. That's that's insane. Uh, and, and yeah, do, the ambulance now and the fire crew are just heading there. So, do you, do you know, can you tell whether there are passengers on board that bus? I can't see that much, but I just know that the driver is after getting out. Um, what time did this happen? Is it ongoing right now? It's ongoing right now. I'd say it only just happened about five, ten minutes ago because I just dropped my son to preschool. Usually, do you go on that route? Like, can double-decker buses get under that bridge, Dublin Hill? I think so, yeah. I've never, ever seen that that to happen before. Oh, my God. The, the only consolation is, thank God it didn't completely topple over where, yeah, where yeah. glass would have been smashed and people... I hope nobody's been hurt. I don't, I don't know if there's any passengers in there now. I just know that the bus driver is out of it. Hopefully, there's nobody in there. Hopefully, there's nobody there. Uh, and, yeah. of course, in other news, of course, traffic is backed up, and that's the reason why. Yeah, traffic's going to get busy now. It's not too bad now, but it is definitely going to get worse. Oh, man, I imagine that bridge normally would be well capable of a double-decker bus. The driver wouldn't have attempted it otherwise. Hopefully, everybody's okay. I've seen trucks trucks go under it, and I've seen them get stuck. But, uh, no, this is my first time I've seen a bus. Okay, thanks for the photograph and thanks for the update. Hopefully, everyone's all right. Maybe there's no passengers and the driver's out and safe. Thanks, Elaine. Appreciate it. No problem. Thanks, Elaine. Cheers. A really bizarre looking story. I mean, it's literally leaning, um, um, and I think it's probably been trapped from completely falling over, either by the left hand side of the bridge support or something else that's keeping it from falling completely over on its side. And that's just a story that's unfolding uh, as we speak. Um, thank you for that, Elaine. Appreciate you picking up the phone. Um, wonder if it will affect the rail services uh, with the trains going over. Probably not. Anyway, we'll keep in touch with that one. Um, they described the Leaving Cert 1 um, a maths paper um, as, a, as a maths paper that even Einstein couldn't complete. And there's been a glut of complaints about it. I actually have a copy. Not that I, it, like, it's like a foreign man- language. I might as be looking at I might as well be looking at Chinese as looking at this thing. You know, maths was not my strongest subject. Even past maths wasn't my strongest subject, but it just looks so complicated. Anyway, there's murder over it. Teachers have admitted that the higher level one paper was challenging and upsetting. Uh, the papers pick on up in it this morning. I hope to have some calls on it as well, particularly question three. And one candidate who sat the exam is quoted in the mirror this morning as saying, if I ever write an autobiography... I'm putting the Leaving Certificate Maths Paper 1 under the Childhood Trauma section. And parents are freaking out as well, claiming that the paper was compiled to catch out the students rather than test their children's knowledge. So a lot of trauma regarding Maths Paper 1. I tell you something, I was looking at it this morning. It's 30 pages long. Maths Paper 1 is 30 pages long. What, What do you get for that? Two and a half hours? I'd need two and a half weeks and I still wouldn't be able to even attempt one question. Isn't that, talking about children, isn't that the most incredible story of resilience where four youngsters survived more than a month on their own in the Colombian Amazon jungle? They've been finally reunited by their extended family, but they're aged between one year old to 13 years old. They're weak, obviously, 
but they were discovered on Friday. Apparently the plane that they were flying in crashed on the 1st of May, sadly killing their mother and the two pilots. But the children survived. Apparently there was some flour on the plane and then they knew the jungle because they think they're indigenous themselves to areas like that. So they're able to tell the berries and the nuts that were edible and that's how they survived berries, nuts and seeds. So this morning the Independent details of where the 13-year-old sister, the oldest, um, kept the other children alive. They played survival games including a small little baby for 40 days. Um, everyone else on board died, including their mother, who apparently sadly survived three days but then succumbed to uh, her injuries. But more than a month trapped in the dense Colombian jungle. A jungle that they were sharing with jaguars, pumas and snakes. And it's also a region that's used by armed gangs that smuggle drugs. Um, it's called God knows what would happen to the children if one of them came along uh, or a group of them came along. So it's an incredible story of resilience, a miracle, really. You may have heard in the news there at nine o'clock that one in five on waiting lists who were offered a home turned down a council home in Ireland. 5,000 offers of social housing were refused in the past two years. 5,000 homes. Now, I accept... I've got into hot water on this before. I accept that there can be some valid reasons for turning down a home, but you would think that they would be few and far between, particularly in these chaotic days. So as many as two in five were refused last year alone. And some of the reasons for refusing included houses being too small, lack uh, of garden, small garden, lack of parking spaces, or being located too close to an ex-partner. Lack of storage for motorbikes, bedrooms being too small were also among the reasons. And when you break it down county by county, in Cork County in 2021, there were 845 offers and 73 refusals. Um, And in 2022, 659 offers and 35 refusals. But in the city, the refusals were much higher. Um, In 2022, like I would say, four times higher than the county. So in 2021, there were 843 offers uh, of housing by Cork City Council, of which 139 were rejected. And in the year just gone by, 587 offers and 125 rejected. Also, um, they were told that one or two of the other reasons were too near the main road for small children, too far away from school, um, not being allowed to keep certain pets, lack of public transport, an undesirable housing estate, too much antisocial behaviour. Um, and one reason that people were also turning it down is because the property only had one bathroom or the furniture doesn't fit um, or I need to live near my family. Uh, do you think there's ever a reason to turn down a public authority home? Text 0868104106. Meanwhile, others who need a home and can't get a home are the incoming international protection applicants who are coming into Ireland, these refugees who have not got a home, are listed now as 1,400 without a home. And that's going to lead to all sorts of problems for the Irish state being sued by those under international protection applications and indeed by the EU who will fine us. Um, and you look at its statistics, and this made uh, the papers at the weekend, I was reading it in the, in the Sunday papers yesterday, nearly half of the women who took the Garda fitness test last year failed. Now, some are saying, why are the papers honing in on women? Uh, this is anti-women. 
I, I have no axe to grind in that if you feel that way, but they are saying that unfortunately more women, particularly under the age of 26, failed the Garda fitness test than men. What is the fitness test though? Well, apparently it comprises of a shuttle run, right? They call that a bleep test. And then many, many, many push-ups. And then you get a two-hour break. And then you must overcome an obstacle course and a push-pull machine, which kind of recreates um, physically rowing. Um, anyway, that's, that's what the, the actual test consists of. But they're very worried about the fact that more young people taking the test are failing at these days, and that should not be happening. Papers also today talk about issues regarding our health in general. Uh, and one of the stories in the UK Times today talks about... <clears throat> this is like, for all want, for a bunch of better explanation, it's like a tiny ear-mounted camera and it just mounted on your ear and it literally films all of the food that you're eating and it's connected to an app which is connected to artificial intelligence which tells you and gives you advice it doesn't shout and roar at you or give out to you for what you eat you're sitting down for a two for one hillbilly so it probably freak out entirely but it gives you like gently gives you advice as to you know what you're eating and why you shouldn't eat it or how you could do better it's a real big brother thing isn't it small little camera on your ear Pat Phelan and Tony Martin have developed the limbo revolution which is a little probe that monitors your your blood glucose and that's connected to an app and that sends you recommendations you send photographs to the app and everything that's the way it's going now with regards to tracking people's eating and tracking people's diets apparently Harry Styles gig above in Slane was awesome and most of the papers today a lot of them give double page spreads to it which is fantastic to see and if you are struggling with regards to and hopefully we'll be getting lots of advice from you guys this week as to what gift should be given to dads for Father's Day but the Sun has one this morning where they're suggesting your dad likes beer right he likes his few pints right now, I'm not suggesting that you should go and buy him a case of beer but that wouldn't be a bad idea but what about a beer scented deodorant what about beer scented Roland deodorant I cannot see this flying but good luck to Brewdog. They've teamed up with a personal care brand apparently to create a roll-on fragrance ahead of Sunday's Father Day, Father's Day. And it is just that. It is a <laughs> beer-scented deodorant. <laughs> like, I mean, usually what fathers are trying to do is hide the smell of beer going home. Guaranteed to get you in trouble if you're ever on the road anyway, straight away. Is that beer I smell off oh you, sir? My, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> I didn't even think of that one. <laughs> Getting pulled over by the cops. I can smell beer off. You know, I swear it's my deodorant. How do no, you think that one's going to go the down? The weird thing about this, though, is if it goes on the market and they end up selling it, people will buy it and it will fly. I don't know if it will, though. Really? It will. You think so? It's just a funny, jokey kind of a thing. It maybe, I... maybe it's a jokey thing. My God, it just... Could you imagine the, could you imagine the reek of that? They've put it on, well, put it on a couple of days. Imagine, imagine your dad now putting that on, going for a run, coming back. <laughs> No, he you know, couldn't because... It's, it's all right, I don't like smell it. like the Spanish Inquisition when you go home saying, you didn't go running, you were in the pub. No, yeah. no, no, it's my deodorant. I swear, it's my deodorant. deodorant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, I think the upside to it is at least it'll beat socks or underpants for Father's Ah, well, Day. I just... And you know what the thing is about the um, father? You know what really annoys me about Father's Day is cards. It's really hard to get, like... Like, my dad doesn't drink. He doesn't play golf. Like, what's what's left? What does for he do? That's basically. Is he, is he like gardening? Yeah, well, like I don't see any like nice gardening. So you can get him like, a new pair of walking boots, maybe. Well, yeah, no, but it's just it's just all the cards are like basically like Happy Father's Day. Here's to beer, or like here's to you know here's a, here's to another round of golf. Here's to Tanora. Like, yeah, it's the here's same kind of water. stuff over and over again. <laughs> I know, yeah, just get him a nice little. Uh, here's to some soft drinks, you know, the kind of kind of card. But yeah, and yeah, let's get some good ideas as well. Would we'll make a great Father's Day. 
gift guys text 0868104106 lots of updates on various stories as well and I will come back to them throughout the course of the morning but I did get an update from Cork County Council regarding the locked up and closed beach toilets on Longstrand and this will blow your mind. Um, the council came back and said, yes, there were toilets at this location, but they were closed over 20 years ago. And the building is now being used as a treating station for drinking water by Irish Water. So it's Irish Water have the locked up toilets. They're using them to treat water. But they did say, and that's not good enough, incidentally, that's a toilet and it should be a toilet and it should be as a toilet. They did say Cork County Council had a temporary toilet adjacent to that building during COVID. And the council was in the process of putting similar in place for the summer, but there were local objections to this, and we're now exploring to see if the council can provide the service in an alternative manner. They're exploring both options currently. Um, So (laughs) they wanted to put back in the temporary ones for this summer, but apparently, unfortunately, some locals objected, and that's the reason why there ain't none. Back after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818-104-106. Red FM. Countries awash with money, right? Huge surpluses coming in. People who are working hard, paying lots of tax. Companies returning huge amounts of money to the exchequer. Lots of money. We're awash with money. But yet the services that we need more than anything else are the ones that are constantly being hurt. You know the story when it comes to uh, hospitals are indeed even trying to get a, a GP, never mind, trying to get into an A&E or a hospital bed and all the waiting lists. Then, of course, you've got problems. The ambulance crews, um, completely stressed terms and conditions for those working as paramedics. Shocking. And now, of course, we've heard of the 150 full-time members of Cork City Fire Brigade ending, you know, at the end of all of their shifts, they have the end-of-shift protests. They have, they're short of staff. Their terms and conditions are shocking, and they don't have enough. And, of course, Ballon Colleague's been closed. But on top of all of that, see the important things, all of the life-saving things that we need to be working and people happy in their jobs in or not. Now I'm hearing as well of retained firefighters fighters uh, beginning strike action um, did you know and I'm quite sure okay, let me ask the question actually because I was blown away when I heard it this morning Mark Sinclair is station officer down in Middleton Fire Station Mark good morning uh, good morning I'll, I'll ask you about retained firefighters in a moment but is it true that there's not a single full time full time firefighter in Cork County no you've 20, you've 20 stations with probably 200 retained firefighters and not one uh, full-time. The, the last um, permanent position, um, the man was actually buried last week, Lord Merson, and was poor A.B. Farr, who, um, who worked as a full-time station officer in Ballincollig. Right, OK, OK. Um, and the poor man passed away there last week. OK, so um, we have fire stations all over the county, do we? I wonder how many. But there's no one... Twin- 20 stations. 20. Uh, and in all of those 20 stations, east, west, north and south of the county, there's nobody in there full-time. It's retained firefighters with pagers. That's correct. That's correct, yeah. Oh, uh, my God. How, how did it get so bad? Well, this is the way, it, this is the way it's been, Neil. Since I joined the fire brigade, I'm just starting my 25th year in the fire brigade. I wouldn't change a day, but I absolutely love the job. Uh, great people. Um commitment that they give and their families give, the sacrifices they make to make sure that there's fire cover uh, in, the, in, the, in the whole of the county, it's just unbelievable, you know, and it's not just the firefighters I have to stress, it's the families because the commitment they have to give they can't even go to do their shopping and leave a young child with the, the person that's 
in the retained service in case the pager goes off. So how many retained firefighters are there across the county? 200. Oh, okay. And they all have pagers, right? Um, um, and they're and so would the retained firefighters be paid a nominal amount of money to be a retained firefighter? Yeah, a new recruit at the moment um, is guaranteed just under a euro a day. That's 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 what he's trying to get. get, get. That's sorry, euro, euro an hour, sorry. Okay. Okay. So uh, you, 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 you get a euro when you're on the clock for your shift. Yeah. Okay. But you're on, you have to remember when you get this pager. You carry it 365 days a year. Okay. 24, 24 hours a day. Okay. So you can't go for a couple of pints. You can't be left alone with children at home for fear the pager Correct. goes off. You you could be out for a meal with your partner or a pal and you have to literally get up and leave. It's often happened. My wife is often living left in a restaurant on her own, looking at me run out the door. Is she, is she an understanding woman? I think to put up with me, she's very understanding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone's partner has to be understanding of the, the commitment that's, that's given to this. So you get a text then, and all the other members of your crew, and how, how long do you have to get then to say get to Middleton Fire Station, as an example, where you are? We have an average turnout of five minutes, which is very, very quickly for the size of the town and the traffic that's in here. Okay. Our average turnout time is five minutes. Okay. Okay. Now, um... You do, you do courageous work. You do incredible work. That system is far from ideal. Why now are you turning your pagers off? Okay. Um, I'll give you a quick example. Last year, I instructed on a recruits course. There was 10 firefighters from Cork County on that recruits course. It was June last year. There's 30% of them already gone. So there's three of them not on the system anymore. One of them didn't even take his pager when he found out the commitment that he walked every now and then outside the town and the fact that he had to ring his station officer to see was there enough crew there that he could leave the town for the few hours to do the bit of work, he, he just decided. And it's hard to blame him for 24 euro a day. It was hard to blame him to give up. That's the shift the rate for a 24-hour shift is 24 yeah. for euro a, new, a day. For a new recruit. Right. The best way to describe it, and everybody can, can, can come to terms with being locked down during COVID, we have a two and a half kilometre radius where we have to be to live and work. If the firefighter needs to go outside that area, they have to ring the officer in charge of the station to make sure he has a crew that he can get an hour or two off to do whatever he has. But if you're short and it's an ever-dwindling pool of retained firefighters, yes. like how, how do you plan a, a family holiday or a summer holiday or, or a weekend away yes. or something like that? This is where the problem is starting. If, if if we give a quick risk assessment on the retained fire service, they're constantly advertising, looking for staff. During the recession, we, the engineers, the electricians, masons, everybody wanted to join the fire brigade because it was work. There's such employment out there now. Nobody's going to give up the 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And if you haven't got a crew, you have to turn around to your crew, and your, that person, and say, I'm sorry, I cannot leave you off. When you say I can't leave you off, you have to do extended shifts. I can't give you your holidays. You'd have to postpone. So it's not attractive, say, to a younger generation coming in because they look at it and say, nah, that's not for me. I can make, you know. But I wonder what, no, but what, surely it isn't just money is the motivation, though, is it? No, no. It's, it's an absolutely, the rewards you get from this career, it, it's unbelievable. Someone asked me once, 
what, 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 when your pager goes off, what do you feel? I feel somebody needs help. That's why they call 999 or 112 to look for help. And we are their last port to call. We are going there to help them. The training that we do, the equipment we have, the appliances we have, it's unbelievable. The commitment that everybody gives to keep up their skills. When a new recruit joins, he has to give 12 weeks training in the first three years. So if you have a day job, as we call it, if you're working outside of the first office, your first three years holidays in your day job are gone to do training with the first office. Yes, bear, bear in mind that you all hold down full-time jobs as well. Most do. Most people do. That's, that's if they can get work because an awful lot of employers won't take you on. If they hear that you're a retained firefighter. Correct. Yeah, because there's the chance that you'll have to drop the day job pretty rapidly, leave because yeah. you're, you're, you're on a call. I just got a text message there, I know, from a colleague of mine in Yall to say that they just got a call here. They were listening to me on the radio and they just texted to say they've just got a call. So they're alerted. Okay. So if my alerter goes off here now as I'm speaking to you, I have to terminate this call and go up to the station. Good man. Hold on there. I hope it doesn't go off because i got Jonathan Madden, who's the station officer, a colleague of yours in Mallow. Jonathan, good morning. Uh, good morning, Neil. How are you? How did it get to a point that we had... So many fire stations across the city and county of the country with no full-time staff. Um, I suppose, Neil, in the last few, in the last, in, I'm 23 years in the job, and Mark is there around the same time as myself. But, like, we, we, we would love to see change, but it's being pushed and pushed, but um, they just seem to be sticking with the model that's there. And, look, like, there are 60% of the staff have left. I'm just looking at a document here. I just put it in front of me there that was published by Darrow Green, um, the minister, in November 2022, which has had 13 recommendations on it. But just some facts and figures there. 221 people retired over a five-year period and 495 people left for other reasons. Properly, the other reasons, as Mark spoke to you about, is the job doesn't suit people now the way it is. Um, it's it's not attractive to people to come into the job. Your your family, it's like a military operation, Neil. I, I had a, a we we were small. We should have 12 in the station of Mallow. We only have nine at the moment, and my young fellow was playing a match at the weekend. And it was like a military operation. I had to go up and park the car at the side of the road. I had to stay at the closest point to the, the, the soccer pitch so I could run down the road into the car and get to the fire station as quickly as I could. I saw the match. Thank God we got no call. But it's like military. I can't. And I had one lad. I had both of them in the car with me the other day bringing him back from a party. Uh, I had no choice. My wife has gone to town doing something else. I got a call at the purchase station getting diesel. I had to drive down to the fire station, both of them sat in the car and waited for their mother to collect them. That's the reality of it, Neil. The call will come in at any time. Now they're grand, they're both, they're both good yeah. lads, yeah. Uh, 12, 12 and 8 years of age. But when they were younger, Neil, we used to, have to take two cars to town. One car would be my wife with the two kids in it, and the other car was for me to get to the fire station if Insane. there was a call. Why do you do it? Look, Neil, I suppose, look, we do it because we get to change people's lives. And a couple of weeks ago on Mallow on a Sunday morning, I was eating, having my breakfast at home just after nine o'clock in the morning. The beeper went off. We tra- I travelled to the fire station, met up with my colleagues, the crew that was on. We had to attend an incident down, down just off the main street in Mallow, um, a person in a house, uh, the house on fire. Within 11 minutes of getting the call, so that was living where, where I live about two kilometres, 
dropping what I was doing, getting to the fire station, getting the fire engine down to the incident. We had the man, my colleagues in breathing apparatus, entered the house and they had the man out of the house within 11 minutes. We tended to them until the ambulance came. We're hearing he's been saying, from, a, a from, your, from your breakfast table to getting him out of the burning house, 11 minutes. 11 minutes. minutes. And, and, and that's a retained service. That's across the whole country. Everyone operates the same. We give, like... The commitment is, and we don't want, look, people say, oh, you, you, look, we do the job because we know it makes a difference. And every one of the guys in my station are the same. They do the job because they love the job. But we, we just have sacrificed so much, Neil. Uh, I went to Clarny yesterday for a few hours, took a few hours off uh, to get away. And as soon as I landed back home, I wasn't at home 20 minutes and there was a house fire. Um, I should be off, but I, I had to commit to the lads to make sure we had enough for the truck to go out the door. And that's the same. That's just not me. That's everyone in the whole country gives the same commitment. Um, and your family, my wife is the most understanding woman in the world and my two kids. But when you hear your kids say, it's great to see you at a soccer match, we didn't see you for the last five matches. That's that's hard on the heart, Neil. You know, and you're only young for so long. probably one of the reasons why many are quitting or not deciding to take it up as a, you know, maybe not a full-time career, Pat, but as a, as a career uh, option because yeah, of family just, commitments. We've had interviews after interviews and we've had people fill out forms uh, say they come for an interview and never turn up. So it's just not, and that's why, like the minister wrote this document in 2022, Darrow Green, the 13 recommendations were there. Some good progress was made with SIP2 um, and the minister and the LGMA, which are the local government management board, mm. to get to a resolution. But as soon as it came to the base for money, um, for re- re- recruitment and, and to make the income for people coming into the job, um, they couldn't do anything on it and that's where the talks fell apart okay. and really when the job isn't attractive to people we're, we're struggling with the amount of staff we have and only for them giving the great commitment and they give but like that only lasts for so long you okay. know Okay Mark if it's just, no. dr- dr- just drilling into Cork City and County there are 20 uh, fire stations is Anglesey Street the only one that's manned 24-7? No um, they have one in um, North uh, Blackpool in Blackpool Black, as well. In Blackpool, live on there. And that's um, just uh, as you're talking about Angus Street and, and Ballyvalan. Yeah, Ballyvalan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bell and Colleague Station there was was in the retained in Cork County, and um, it went with the city boundary. It went into the, the city city, yeah. city area, and the the crew they were on the skeleton crew retained in the in uh, in the county, and a lot of the gang, the crew that were there, they got full time positions when they advertised and got it. And they've tried numerous times to retain, to recruit, retain staff, and they, they can't get them. Yeah. So that's one station that's closed because of the can't. People just won't give the commitment. We we don't know how. Look, I suppose the best way to look at it is if we risk it. It's, it what's going to happen if this thing if it's not changed? There won't be any retained service left in the country. And then what because will the, they do? Then what will they do? I, Lives I will be know. lost. And, yeah, and that's why the change is needed now. Something needs to be changed. Because they're constantly trying. To, I've, I know people all over the country need from doing courses and whatever. And I have colleagues all over the country, and their stations are working on a skeleton crew at all times. And I've said it to numerous times. I could not give that commitment. They can't. They can't take their dog for a walk. <laughs> that's, that's how bad it is. It, it is. But the fact that this was tolerated or allowed to happen, not just for people working in the in the fire service, but it, the same story with members of Angarda Shikona, same issues yeah. for nurses, same issues for paramedics. Surely this is nothing more than greed, penny pinching, saving costs, where it's not really needed and certainly not warranted. 
I, I can remember when I joined 24, 24 and something years ago, and I was told that they were going to bring in selective call-out at the time. They were taking on up to 15 people where they were going to selective. They, they, they could never even really keep... They, we couldn't get the staff to maintain one crew, never mind two. It, it, it's just... But as a layperson listening to this, what we're being told is we have a part-time fire service. Well, there's nothing part-time about being on call 24 hours a no, day. No, I understand. no, I'm, I'm, I know no, that. I, I understand that. the commitment you're making, but I'm sure you know what yeah. I mean. I do, I do, I do. It's, and it's an, it, up to maybe 10 years ago, it was a non-pensionable job. New recruits now do have a pension, but they might have 20 or 30 euro a week at the end of, the, of their 20 or 30 years. It's... it's but lads, if, if you're turning off your pagers Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday and Monday, what does that mean? Johnny, do you want to take this or like, uh, Johnny Sunday? Yeah, I suppose, yeah, I need like to, obviously we've been pushed into this corner here um, and there is no resolution in sight with tomorrow being the first, uh, at 12 o'clock tonight, being the first um, rolling stations closing. Um, and management to look um, and the fire service management in general have a contingency plan in place um, but you know it's not going to be the same response you'll get as you'll get normally you know But what does it actually mean if pagers are turned off and there is an emergency what? say for instance in Middleton or Yall or Mallow Yeah so there'll be, there'll be stations assigned from other stations to be assigned to that incident then and um, there'll be minimum minimum levels of cover in the station possibly as well you know um, it's all being finalised today and all later on um, but hopefully the Minister will step in this evening and we'll we'll uh, we'd get a breakthrough in this um, and try to get to the table and get things resolved. No one, like This is the history of the fire service going back. We've never seen it um, to this point, you know. And you you can do this. You're, you're, you're allowed to do this. Uh, if it were on Garda Shikana, they technically wouldn't be able to do this, so they wouldn't, apart from the, the blue flu years back. Um, yeah, so I suppose we'd be, our, our union is SIPTO, so we'd be following their guidance um, during the day. Now there'll be final um, information going out everywhere as for, for the procedures for tomorrow and the rolling strikes for the week, you know. Um, and we'd be following their guidance, obviously, because they, they'll have all this um, to make sure that. But look, we this is not what anyone wants. No, I know um, you're caught between a rock and a hard place, you know, and, 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 and perhaps you're are hoping that it won't come to this, right? We are, that, that because it's a last look, ditch effort. Um, if it doesn't like if it does if it's not started no Neil like I don't think there'll be 50% of the staff in the country um, left here and that means it won't be just Cork County with stations closed it'll actually be stations closed across the whole country because people can't keep going any longer their families are breaking because of it Um, you know their mental health issues it's 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 just causing so much um, and it's just hard to watch people and you can still see people they give 110% but we, we come in from our personal life to the fire station and no one knows what's going on in someone's personal life or what's happening in their house. And I'm not saying, you know, look, everyone has arguments and bits and pieces go on. But if you're under pressure at home and all of a sudden the beeper goes off, that that, that pressure okay. is still there. So what, you have to but what are SIP2 saying, lads, with regards to the 24 euro for a 24 hour on-call shift? Do they want that doubled or trebled? Do we know? Well, they want to, re- I suppose, a reasonable offer like on the table to move forward because at the moment what's there people can't live off it you can't get a mortgage when you when you start as a new recruit um, you go to get a mortgage and the mortgage company will say that's your only guaranteed income now like 
conversation in Mallow. Yeah, losing you there, Jonathan. My apologies I, for that. I'm losing I, you there. Jump in. Thank you, Jonathan. Jump in, I, Mark, there. Yeah, I think what what, what John is trying to say there is like a station like Middleton and Mellow, we're a busy station where we get about 300 calls a year. So the crews, they do make uh, a living wage out of it. But there's no structured pay. I've often gone two weeks here without a call in the station and the the, the crew, they only have maybe 400 euro for the two weeks. But what what happens if um, if the there isn't any kind of resolution to do this today? Do do you worry that maybe lives will be lost or people will be hurt? Yes, I do. How does that sit with you? I, I didn't join this job. None, none, no, no retained first fighter in the country joined the job for this to happen. But I suppose the best way to look at it is if if this isn't done now and nobody wants to do it. There will be no retained service in the country. Yeah, okay. okay. You, you just cannot get that. It's a desperate move to hopefully resolve it then today. Yeah. And I, I suppose, what, what, if you ask any of my crew, what do they want? They will say more structured time off. Mm. They, mm. they want to be able to say, I say, I'll put it this way. If I had two more of a crew, where I have two crews of seven, we could have one crew on one week, one crew on the next mm. week. But leave them turn on, leave them turn up on the week they're off as well to make that extra income if they're in the town. Mm. But just knowing that you can turn off your pager for the week and go for a walk with your child or go here or go have there. Have a life, yeah. yeah. We yeah. Have work-life balance. That's yeah. what it's all about. Okay. Okay. You know? okay. Let's see what happens across the day then. If there are updates, we'll return to it. Thank you both. Thank you, Mark Sinclair. Yeah. Thank you Thanks as well to Jonathan Madden. Mark is in Middleton and Jonathan is in Mallow. So strike action. It begins in earnest this week. Uh, Cove and Yall stations will close as part of a nationwide strike to, on Tuesday, as in uh, tomorrow, Thursday, Saturday, uh, Monday. And then an all-out strike is um, planned for Tuesday, the 20th of June. And a text message is seen by Cork Bio and also seen by me, uh, which was sent out uh, recently, um, was telling firefighters to turn off their pagers, not to report to their station on the rolling strike days. Uh, it's a desperate last-ditch effort, I suppose, to try and get their work-life balance sorted out. And I know sometimes we kind of throw that term around, work-life balance, but in this case, um, it is very much... It really is at the kernel of the problem, isn't it? Anyway, that's 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 incredible that I wasn't aware that, you know, across the entire uh, city and county that we have only two uh, full-time um, um, fire stations that actually manned 24-7. All of the other are, and there's 20 of them, uh, are literally just sitting there with no staff and everybody is a retained firefighter that has minutes to drop everything and get to the fire station. Text 0868 Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818 Cork's Red FM. Yeah, I've been sent more photographs of the um, uh, double-decker trying to get under Dublin Hill Bridge. Um, uh, you know, just the train track runs over it. I, looking at the pictures that I've been said, there is no way in this wide, earthly world that a double-decker bus would ever get under that bridge. Tony, good morning. Morning, Neil. Tony, the truck truck, were you there? Or do you know the height of the bus versus the height of the bridge? And I, I, I know, I know, I know the bridge is under four metres high, which you won't even take a container truck. But there's no signs, Neil. If you come out into the industrial park in Dublin Hill, there's no sign saying don't turn right down to Dublin Hill. If you come up Blackpool, there's no sign saying don't go up uh, right at the grotto. There's no sign there. But is there a in sign fact, with the height on the on the railway bridge? 
on, on, the, on the bridge, put it on top of the bridge, then you, like, there's nowhere to go. If you get down, you're it back up the hill and back into a little terrace, into the Laney Park. Lucky. Impossible. Now look at one photograph of it actually I don't think I can share these they, they, they may well be uh, photographs that are not for sharing but one of them because you've got the lower deck and you've got the upper deck and the front of the upper deck has literally been <laughs> taken out if there was people yes, sitting cut, there cut. It's, been, it's been pretty much cut off like Yes <laughs> This is happening on a regular basis with trucks going trying to access the idea and I'll be honest, the city council have a novel at answer for. Are there, are there, are, so clearly, as a truck driver, there are, there are places that you can't go. Exactly. And, like, I've, I've been on to the various bodies over the years. And, look, I'm only one person in, 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 that will be driving trucks and big vehicles. There is no sign at the bottom of the hill. To, uh, to okay. I, see another, I, I understand what you're saying. I see another one there from 2020 where there was a big um, uh, Arctic with a big load behind it tried to get under the Dublin Hill b- Bridge and the same thing happened. Got caught in it. It was one last week, Neil, and we had to get the girls no, more than 40 minutes to clear the traffic, to get the truck to be able to back down, it, down it, in, into, do, back down into Blackpool and travel out the Mallow Road to go around. I know, but I just the can't... The have a novel at answer for That's been honest about it. <sighs> because what? There's not a sign what? Saying what? There's no, there's no there should be a sign with big writing on it. They have a temporary sign at the end of the hill. But there's a big the sign that says 3.83 metres. But surely an Arctic driver, or indeed a double... No, I don't, I'm not apportioning any blame here, just a bit of common sense. That somebody driving a double-decker bus would know the height of their double-decker bus. Of course, but like, Neil, when you're, when you're on the road, you're concentrating on what you're doing. Ah, but there's now hope in hell you'd get a double-decker bus oh. under that bridge. Neil, it, 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 a truck with a container won't go on, on, under it. A, a single decker would barely go under the bridge. A single decker would barely go under it, let's be honest. I'm telling you Look, something, I, man. I, We're I, lucky I, there weren't passengers on the upper deck of that bus. Well, look, it's, it, it, it's back to the local authority again, and I blame the local authority for this. Right. Okay. They've made a hamster of Dublin Hill. They have a stop and go system there at the moment at the top of the hill with big signs. Why they can't put a sign advising, pissed, especially strangers, there's a low bridge ahead. I just cannot understand. Okay, all right. Okay, thanks for that. Appreciate it, Tony. Text 0868 Again, reiterating, thanks be to God, it wasn't a full bus with lots of passengers on board. Yes, indeed. Have a go. Not a bother. Neil live on air today laughs at Conor McGregor assaulting a man at work. Also, Neil previously on air says it's very unattractive to see girls fighting. I can't see how you can equate one with the other, but have a go all the same. No bother. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818-104-106. Red FM. In fairness, that poor old driver may have never driven that route before or may have never driven a double-decker bus before. You don't know, but again, thank God there was nobody on the upper level. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from 4 for Dave Max Drive where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from 4. Dave Max Drive. Now... Neil Prenderville Show, Red FM. Uh, interesting. I very rarely do Lost and Found because there's so many of them, but wedding rings can be a different ball game entirely, particularly when they're found, never mind lost. I don't know if you can help me, but my husband found a wedding ring in town. It has the initials BT and JQ. 9 10 By God, they got married on my birthday. 
That's on the inside of the ring. Hopefully one of your listeners might own it or know somebody who does. So thank you for calling that in. Uh, BT married JQ on the 9th of October 1992. Your wedding ring has been found. On the subject of maths for the Leaving Cert, or indeed the Junior Cert paper, was just as bad, Neil. During the exam, the supervisor had to tell the kids at our school twice that there were errors on the questions. What? With some of the questions, the students nearly had to read an essay before getting to the mathematical bit. Imagine that. They actually found errors on the exam paper. I can't understand why people turn down council houses' offers. They have already clicked to accept the house on the choice-based letting website. What's going on? Morning. Interesting that the EEC penalised Ireland for being unable to house the endless numbers of refugees claiming asylum. But there is no penalty on the government for allowing over 12,000 homeless Irish plus 4,000 children to remain homeless in their own country. And the inequity of it all, only in Ireland, I guess. You were talking about the jungle kids who survived, says Desi. Yes, I was. Those kids survived because their grandmother had taught them the old ways of living off the land and living in the jungle. They had one smart granny. They certainly did. Sorry, can't come on air, but I heard you talking about the Corpus Christi procession. Uh, But the reason for the small crowd at Corpus Christi was the actions of the priests. Yet they still have the begging bowl out at Mass. There are always two collections. The Catholic Church is nothing short of a disgrace. They are worth billions. Just look at the Vatican City. They're living like celebrities. I will go to church to pray, but I will never give them money, says Kiron. Um, and more people picking up on my chat there about many people failing the Garda training. Regarding the Garda fitness test, I'm just wondering how many of them, potential recruits, actually trained for the fitness test or looked up what the test actually required? Only saying. And then on firefighters, um, is it any wonder we have a problem? I just looked up the salary of a firefighter in New York and it's $90,000 a year compared to Ireland. Well, we double-checked what you were saying, actually. The starting salary for a firefighter in the FDNY, which is the Fire Department in New York, is $45,000, just over it. But with overtime and holiday pay, which is often required, you can get a lot of additional compensation. But a good example, actually, if you compare pay scales, a firefighter can make $100,000, including overtime and holiday pay, after five years in the job. And according to payscale.com, the average salary for a firefighter in Ireland in 2023 is just over €39,000. And of course, what we were talking this morning is uh, retained firefighters, people who would not be full-time, but would have a bleeper 24-7. I also went for the position of a retained firefighter, Neil, although once I went for the interview, I felt like it would be a life of lockdown. I thought it would be one week on and another week off, but it was one day on, another day off. It's absolute madness. You have to be pretty much celibate, can't drink, can't look after your kids, have to work in the town, keep close to the town at all times. I know of a good few people who work as retained firefighters and I don't understand how they do it. Somebody else picks up on that saying, retained fire service is a vocation to answer your question. They are heroes to our local communities. Another example of this government's lack of responsibility and unaccountability to its people. Isn't that so true? These are life-saving jobs and are very, very important. You know, the fact that we would have 20 fire stations across the country and only two of them are actually manned 
is far from, far from acceptable. And then other criticisms about different things. An interesting one from Liam Davis and Connolly Road. He says, just wondering if I'm alone in asking, why did the RTE six o'clock news on Saturday give the Teddy McCarthy funeral so little coverage? Here was a man who dedicated his life to the GAA and gave people of all ages a chance to see what a spectacular sportsman he was. We must remember Teddy created history by his remarkable achievements in winning two All-Ireland medals in both hurling and football in the one year. (laughs) Pretty much in the one month. And yet RTE seems decided his funeral mass warranted about 15 seconds of coverage. In fairness, Virgin Media News had a full report and we must ask, what does it take for RTE to report on what's happening down south? Hopefully you might be able to get answers. Love the show. Keep up the great work. Uh, I wouldn't even bother trying uh, because all too often we see uh, these kind of things happening with coverage outside of Dublin of being absolutely paltry. But I can tell you this. Paul Byrne did a lovely uh, report for Virgin Media News regarding uh, Teddy McCarthy's funeral. Obviously, it's visual for TV, but you'll get the idea from the audio. A hero, an icon, and admired by those in his beloved county, as well as his clubs, Sarsfields and Glanmire. Underneath the badge of fame, Teddy McCarthy was humble and kind, and he loved his wife, sons, daughter, grandchildren, as well as his brothers and sisters. Yeah, we're saying goodbye, um, but not forgotten. He'll never be forgotten. Um, He'll never be forgotten in the Cartier community, you know. On and off the pitch, Teddy McCarthy was a star. His passing has left a void and a wave of emotions. When you lose somebody like that, you know, I mean, so young, I think he's 58 on the 1st of July, you know, and um, I was just reminded there that Christy Ring died at 57 as well, you know, and um, Teddy was 57, and um, just an iconic figure. Among the offertory gifts today were his two All-Ireland medals from 1990, as well as the Leah McCarthy Cup and the Sam Maguire. 57-year-old Teddy McCarthy is the only man in the history of the GAA to win All-Ireland medals in both hurling and football in the one year. I don't think he'll ever be replaced. And um, I think for the man above, I think he said, look, Teddy, this is this is you. You, you deserve to win these two All-Ireland medals. And uh, I think that was the greatest honour of all. And there's no better man in the whole of the world that could have achieved that. September 2020, the Jewel Star returned to his former school in Glamour to mark the 30th anniversary of Cork's double victory. Winning the hurling first, um, obviously it's only the reality kicked in then that the, the double could be done and I suppose realistically winning the, the football was, was, was the icing on the cake. Mourners were told how Teddy McCarthy attended 10.30 Mass here last Sunday. Today, the community came together to say goodbye to the local boy who has left everyone with a treasure trove of memories. Paul Byrne, Virgin Media News, Cork. On the banks of my own lovely Super stuff. Oh, so sad. Um, Paul Byrne's report for Virgin Media News. Um, he was chatting with, among other people, Tomás Mulcahy and uh, uh, Larry Tompkins. I think it was a wonderful thing. His son, Kian said such beautiful thing. Gorgeous tribute to his dad uh, from the church. And the Sam Maguire and the Lee McCarthy Cups being there. Um, they were that was right that was right and proper that they should have been there and brought down I think that was a lovely lovely touch Cork to Neil Prenderville now 0818 104 106 Cork's Red FM just before we talk a little bit about the maths paper from the back end of last week I see Councillor Ken O'Flynn wants you know there's a double decker bus wedged under Dublin Hill Bridge um, there's no way that a double decker would ever get under that Ken O'Flynn this morning is saying that he wants 
um, many different options considered, including the potential raising of the railway bridge. Do you imagine trying to do that? Raising the railway bridge and the tracks and everything. Okay, it's an option, but wouldn't it be much simpler if they had flashing warning lights, big and bright, that said, flashing now like crazy, stop, check your height, stop, check your height. You wouldn't need to raise it. I mean, like, I mean, we talk about issues down in the tunnel and the problems we had down there as well. The tunnel isn't exclusively a problem with things trying to get into it and under it, certainly Dublin Hill Bridge as well. Raising it, though, that would be a huge undertaking, wouldn't it? Anyway, huge undertaking, the leaving certificate. Leaving certificate honours mats, even saying the words. Give me the heebie-jeebies. Gillian, good morning. Hi, good morning. Did your daughter come home very upset? Um, when they collected her, they all, most of them came out crying and they were just, they're all weekend, they're very You saw them it. coming out of the maths exam crying? Yeah. Why? What, what, what was the problem? Because there was, um, there was questions on it that they didn't even do. And then it, the wordings of them as well. And I don't know, it's just, I just go mad for all the students because... As they were saying at the weekend, if they're leaving, sir, if they fail their maths, they're failing their leaving, sir. Like they're trying, to, they were last night thinking of changing their CAO, even if they do get a choice. They don't know. Is that what happens? You, you have to pass maths to actually be able to say, I passed my leaving cert. Yeah. And are they so saying they that. Higher, they could get higher in other subjects, and it won't matter if they fail the maths, they're going somebody, to fail Somebody their leaving, said sir. that Einstein couldn't complete it. Even the teachers were saying that it was challenging and unsettling. Did you talk to the teachers? No, I wasn't talking to the teachers, but I was talking to the girl that does done grinds with her. Yeah. And she said a lot of the teachers came together and they said the exact same. They couldn't have done it. So where did you go from there? If the teachers couldn't do it, how were the students supposed to do it? That there was actual questions structured on the exam that they had never covered or couldn't understand or what? Some wasn't covered and some then was that the way the wording was, it was throwing them. So they didn't know. Do they believe it was intentional to catch them out? Oh God, I don't know. I think they've a, a lot to answer for. It's put them through this and to see them going into this morning, even my own daughter went into this morning stressed out and like going in not knowing I'm... I'm a walk in trying to just not think about it. Wait till oh, half twelve to this morning me. is higher. Is maths paper two, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, like, they even the way paper one was, they wouldn't have been able to change paper two because it was already done and there was so little time for you know for the Department of Education to even change it around. They your, your 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 worry, of course, is that your daughter's leaving certificate exams will be impacted because of this. Every other exam yeah. that she'll be very anxious, upset, and Possibly uh, worried about it. Yeah, they're they're all very anxious. They're, her friends were they're all on the phone to They're all crying. What are they going to do? And sure, it's going to impact on all the other subjects going forward. The other exams that they're doing. And you know what? She went into this. She must have known her stuff if she's sitting higher maths in the leaving cert. Um, no, uh, Lauren is doing um, ordinary levels. There's okay. two of her friends doing higher. Okay. She was doing ordinary. Okay. So are there problems with both then, higher and oh, ordinary? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, because I'm only hearing about the higher level paper one. You're saying the lower oh, no, level... Oh, no, there was a load of them that on the ordinary level came out hysterical crying. 
they're even thinking was there higher level questions on the ordinary level I know what you mean because I know what you mean yeah 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 um, do, do you do you think that you'll, you'll know at half 12 you haven't had any you haven't had any you can't have word with her because she's in the exam right now as to how the second paper was no yeah no it'll be when the exam is finished I'm hoping that she'll ring me to leave me know because then they've Irish paper one at two o'clock so it's just a worry it's a worry for everybody unrecognisable you described it as and definitely not covered on their course yeah okay okay and you're saying that those that were giving the grinds and even the teachers were saying the same yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Will you ever let me know how she gets on in paper two? Because I'd love to hear on behalf of other students like Gillian, you know. Sorry, like Lauren. Yeah, no bother at all. Okay. Thank you for that, Gillian. Thank you. Stephen Meany is the owner of Alpha Maths on the South Mass. Stephen, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Good. Firstly, what does Alpha Maths do? Alpha Maths is a, uh, it's like a growing school that we have on the South Mall, um, and we focus on maths only for the leaving cert and we do um, both higher level and the order that answers my question have you have you had a chance to look at the higher and lower paper one from Friday yes I have and your expert opinion on it my reaction um, I thought it was a very unfair paper Neil Um, I think it was probably one of the most difficult papers I've seen over the past five or six years by far um, I haven't heard from any person, whether it being a teacher, a student or a parent, uh, who thought otherwise. Uh, personally, I was actually furious when I saw it. Furious? Um, Why? I think it was just such a difficult paper. Um, like, if you, if you compare this year's paper to maybe the last four or five years' papers, it was very different. Um, and it would have thrown a lot of people off because... Uh, I suppose the way I prepare students for exams would be, look, the, the last five or six papers, years papers were like such a format, you know, this is what to expect. Mm-hmm. And they did not get that. Okay, and so what they would have been prepped for by you or indeed their maths teachers was not what was presented to them when they got the paper and opened it. Yeah, exactly. But were the questions yeah, yeah. in the paper covered over the two years of their Leaving Search studies? The questions themselves, maybe not. The topics would have been, but I think the questions on the topics is what is is where, is where the problem is. Okay. Um, I think there were very abstract questions. The terminology that was used in the questions was was very strange. Um, there were some topics on there, um, like the integration, the logs, limits, functions, questions, which would have been very very different to previous years, and that not common questions that you could you know, you would prepare students for. So in layman's terms, they were hard to follow. Yes. Yeah. So that's why somebody's quoted in the papers this morning as saying that it was compiled to catch out the students rather than test their knowledge. I would think so, yes. Who writes the papers? The SEC in Athlone. Yeah, but what? who are they? Are they uh, second level maths teachers themselves or what? Um, I don't know, to be honest, Neil. I, um, I would imagine they are. They, they must have some knowledge of of, um, of teaching before okay. to set those papers. Okay. Because, but would it be um, a case that whoever wrote last year's wouldn't be writing this year's, that it's different people all of the time? I don't think it would be. I, I don't know. 
Um, maybe there's a new chief examiner up there who has a different uh, approach to the exams than there was has been for the past couple of years. Okay. Um, yeah. But in general, I don't think they'd have a, a, a complete new crew of people uh, setting the exams. Okay, and have you been hearing over the weekend from those who sat with you and did grinds and classes with you at Alpha Maths? Yeah, yeah. I had lots of calls over the weekend from different students and parents uh, all saying the same thing. Um, it was just, you know, they were coming out of the exam, very upset, as Gillian said, they were, they were, they were in tears, um, very, very concerned about... Well, you, know, you can what, understand why, because now. they feel they've done the work, but that they were tripped up. Yeah, and they've come out of it, and they've just, you know, thinking they've failed, and, you know, they think the whole leaving cert is gone because they're not going to get to 25 points, and, you know, it's the collateral damage is what worries me because they had a very long week, you know, the, the first week of exams and the build-up to it was, you know, there was pressure, pressure, pressure. And all of a sudden, you know, they had the English papers and geography and whatever. And then Friday afternoon, at the end of it all, um, you know, they get slapped with this really, really difficult paper. Do you think it would be difficult to motivate them for the rest of the exams because of it? Exactly. And they're going to be stressed out. They were thinking they failed. And you have paper two this morning, which started about an hour ago. Have you seen it? Not yet, no. Not yet, yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm hoping it's a much fairer paper. Uh, typically it's not. Paper two is normally a harder paper. By nature, it's a, it's a more difficult paper. But... I'm hoping this year that they'll reverse that that paper one was the hard one and paper two would be... Have there ever been other years, um, not necessarily just maths, but where a paper was just a stinker? Not that I know of. Maths has always been controversial over the years. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And And if if enough people complain or say it's unfair and it's picked up an awful lot of coverage now, this maths paper one. Absolutely. Would it be possible then that the Department of Education would would mark the papers easier because people feel as if they were cheated? I think they will. I'm hoping they will. Um, The the, the marking scheme for the paper, it's it's a performance-based marking scheme, which kind of... the, the marking scheme gives a lot of uh, marks for students' attempts rather than the actual Solutions, answer. Yeah. yeah. So I'm hoping that this year they will kind of say, okay, you know, a lot of people didn't do so well on such questions, so we'll give a lot more marks for the easier parts of the questions and less marks for the more difficult parts, yeah. which will, you know, hopefully balance out. Yeah. Now, of course, the results are standardized at the end of the day anyway. So if even if they don't, you know, um, try to adjust the marking scheme. The results will have to be normalised, which means, you know, let's say the average mark this year comes out to be 40%, where over the past five or six years it has been like 50%. Mm-hmm. Then they're going to have to, um, you know, they're going to have to adjust the marking. Pump it up to 50. Uh, it's 30 pages yeah. long. Did you, yeah. were you able to finish it? Um, just about, just about, I was, I was pushed. Were you able to, did you try and do it within two and a half hours? Yes. Did you manage that? I did. I finished it within two and a half hours. But I would be honest, there was one or two parts in there that I was very unsure about. And you're the alpha, you're the alpha math specialist, like, and you even struggled. Yes. Shit. With parts of it, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, I'd love, love to get your views on paper too a little later on, if that's possible, uh, yeah? 
Absolutely, I can't wait to see it. All right, um, okay. I'm, I'm looking forward to it in one sense, but I'm dreading it in another way. That it, that it hopefully will be kind. Stephen, thank you so much for now. May talk again. Stephen Meany, who has Alpha Maths on the South Mall. Meanwhile, I chatted last week with uh, Eileen Keane from Jumpstart Your Confidence. I got a text from her there this morning, uh, upset for the students regarding the maths paper. Shame on those who are responsible for this. Why do they trick these kids, she says. She joins me by phone. What do you mean when you say trick the kids? Do you believe this was an intentional thing to trip them up? Well, <clears throat> to be honest, Neil, I don't know what's going on here. I mean, obviously, if somebody, whoever is accountable, and I hope someone is accountable for this, um, whether it was an ego, I don't know what it was, but I just, my understanding is we should be trying to support our kids and get them through this. But on Friday, the amount of kids, either my own daughter as well, but also kids I mentor, their parents, the amount of kids who blanked out with the fear of what they were looking at, kids who questioned oh my god did I get the wrong paper had no idea they felt you know there was, and I know you know people say they'll mark it within the bell curve blah 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 but that how's that going to help the kids who actually couldn't do this now it's down to the interpretation of all of those marking these papers all over the country as to what they decide to do you see yeah, so it's very well, subjective it is. isn't it very subjective and I mean you know these kids have worked so hard it's the first state exam they've never sat a state exam they weren't fairly marked on um, what they've learned and you know there was an article in the Times on Friday evening and I was so angry when I read it it said you know we're trying to find nouveau questions Um, it also said the days of using past exam papers to prepare are gone now I'm like why? Maybe you needed to tell the kids this because yeah. this is what we've always done. I mean, we're selling the past papers and everything. We certainly knew from previous years what poets were coming up. We knew what novels were coming up. We knew what plays yeah. were coming up, the types of questions in English, and maybe even in Irish. Uh, and that was a great help. So then, uh, that is tripping them up, though, if they say, hi, yeah, we're not going to do that anymore. Well, you know, if you're not going to do it anymore, then you tell them at the beginning of the cycle. You don't tell them after the exam. I mean, I've dealt with kids who... There was a few kids passed out. There was kids what? getting nosebleeds. There was kids locked in their bedrooms on Friday night who were going, you know, whether it was H1s or H4s. is irrelevant here. It's these kids who worked so hard and they really felt like the system just went against them on every level. There was a zero... You know, they just weren't trying to support them. All these kids want is fairness. They just want to be asked on the topics and the subjects that they have learned over the last two years. And we all know the pressure on maths, whether you agree with that or not, which I don't, but anyway, um, you know, that, that's extra pressure. So these kids know if they don't get past maths, they don't get into college. I, I, think, I think that's just so cruel. Hannah is doing a training session. During this session, her heart rate, H, um, X, is measured in beats per minute, where X is the time in minutes from the start of the session, X, E, R, for the first eight minutes of the session, Hannah does a number of exercises. She does these exercises at heart rate changes. In this time, HX is given by HX equals 2X to the power of 3 minus 2.5X to the power of 2 plus 105X plus 70. Work out her heart rate four minutes after the start of the session. Of what benefit is that to you and the rest of your well, life? Well, this is, this is my point. Where is the benefit here? I honestly feel shame on those involved because what they have done here is they have absolutely smashed so many of these kids confidence I had to pick my own child up you know Saturday was a write off they were absolutely distraught and then Sunday she kind of came around this morning going into that exam I'm actually nearly and I'm not dramatic about this I'd be very calm about it usually 
but I'm sick to the core for these kids, the fear of God in them going in there this morning instead of feeling, you know, we've worked hard, we're ready for this. And a lot of them really felt confident that they were ready. I know what you're saying. And, and so I know, yeah, they, they went in so prepared and said, I've done the work. Hold on there if you want, because I have Mike here yeah, and I, sure. I don't have much time with him. He's under pressure. Mike, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? Okay, uh, the honours maths leaving, sir. Your son sat it. How did it go? He, he, he came back. He said it was very, very hard. There were some unusual questions in it, but he said it was just a hard paper. Not unfair, he said. Everything that was on it was covered in the course for the previous three years. I mean, again, he, he, this is his first full state exam. Obviously, with COVID, he missed the, they, they all missed the junior cert. I just think just a little bit of balance. Yes, it was a hard exam, but it's honours maths. It probably is the hardest subject that you can probably do. I don't anything. know that I've heard of class loads of people coming out from an exam in tears, though. I mean, it's a different league entirely. Oh. He might have just got I, lucky. Yeah. Quite possibly, and I suppose maybe he has the work done in the previous three years. Uh, but again, it's just a little bit of balance. I'm just, I'd, I'd, It's a hard time for the kids. Maybe we shouldn't be having this conversation now. Maybe we should try and push them forward for the next couple of exams they have left and, and keep going. I mean, there is two parts to the maths paper. Well, I have, to, I have to disagree with that because if enough people feel that it was unfair, right, and that it didn't represent mm. the work that they put in or they couldn't understand the questions, a song and dance has to be made out of that so that they'll be marked more kindly as a consequence, Mike. I suppose. I suppose. But again, just from the balance point of view, he said it was hard, but he didn't think, it, and then some of the questions were phrased slightly differently is how he put it. There was a few more, I think more writing as against mathematics part of it but I don't know yes I mean if enough people are complaining yes maybe it needs to be looked at well let me just leave you with this text here from another mother who said Neil my daughter came out in shock from maths paper one she's a great student she worked very hard she had the work put in she even went to change her CAO application Friday evening after it she never thought the day would come when she would be faced with failing maths Saturday, we were still trying to get her back on track. She was reeling from Friday. If maths paper two is something similar, then they won't be able for, uh, for the Irish exam after lunch, full stop. I would sum it up as a pure disaster. That's hard. That's a hard text to hear to, that your daughter is struggling that much, to be fair. Yeah. But again, I think it is honours maths and hopefully the second paper will be slightly easier. I mean, they are only halfway through. That must be remembered too as well. They're okay. Not, it's, yeah. not a, okay. it's not a single paper. They're only halfway through. So okay, appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, Let's see if okay. the second Have one is kinder. Point. Much obliged. Cheers, Mike. Eileen, did you want to jump back in? I just I just want to say, you know, I'm glad, for, delighted for Mike's son. I'm, you know, great for, I'm delighted for him. But there's, really, I haven't heard that. You know, maybe one person that I spoke to, and I spoke to over 50, 60 kids, our, our parents over the last, like, two days, three days. And, you know, I think so we all learn differently. We know this about the system anyway. I mean, we all know the system is archaic and the system is ridiculous and the system really doesn't benefit anybody. But people did think differently. And there's a very minor number of students who got through that exam. Yeah. yeah. I, what I want yeah. to find out is why anybody would do this and who is accountable here. There is no one accountable in these situations and that's just not good enough. Our, our kids, our younger generation, deserve better. They deserve support. You know, and to say the kids have worked, put, maybe, you know, weren't prepared, rubbish. These kids have worked so hard. I've talked to so many students who are H1, H2 probably coming out. And like that text you received from that woman, that's what I've been hearing all weekend. The kids horrified and terrified 
my God, we are doing something so wrong okay. and shame on those people who did it. Thanks, Eileen. Eileen Keane with uh, Jumpstart Your Confidence. Uh, could you highlight the leaving certificate paper one maths? My daughter set the exam on Friday and everyone that came out of the paper with her was extremely upset and disappointed, leaving many of them in tears. And this was not just the case for my daughter's school, as many students were saying the same thing. There were some questions on this paper that the students are saying were unrecognisable and definitely not covered on their course. This goes for both ordinary and higher papers. I cannot comprehend the amount of stress and anxiety the department put on all students to pass their maths exam in order to pass their entire leaving certificate and continue to create an exam that is leaving them all so disheartened and uncertain if they will have the opportunity to go to their college of choice due to this maths paper. They are sickened, all sickened at the thought of paper two on Monday and I just cannot understand how the department feels like this is okay. Um, And Gwen also says, I'm furious over the Leaving Cert maths paper one. It was horrendous. My son just came out in an awful state thinking he has failed. You You just have to go on the study clicks or TikTok to get the kids' reaction to it. They are just devastated. Even all my son's genius friends, who are brilliant at maths, are completely gutted themselves. I don't know why they do this to the kids, making a paper so hard that it knocks their confidence big time. They should be ashamed of themselves. I feel so bad for the kids. My son has had grinds for two years and did two maths revision courses and practiced every exam paper. He wouldn't have been excellent at maths, but he could hold his own with the help and study. He feels like he wasted his time working so hard. They're trying to encourage them to do higher maths, but all they've done is discourage the future leaving certificates. Interesting. One point in that. Thank you for that, Gwen. One point in that where you're saying, um, where was the part again, that your son had done all of the maths revision courses and practiced every former exam paper. Yeah, looked at all the other ones and everything. What we now know from what we heard this morning is that the department decided that they wouldn't follow the model of the previous exam papers so you could look at them and then get an idea or a feel as to how the questions would be. They threw all that out as well. Back after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Text and WhatsApp 086-8104-106. Cork's Red FM. Available now, a brand new podcast. An Irish woman's true story of a life in the fast lane. When I think back at it, it makes me sound like I was the most stupid person in the world. Dozens of connections, hundreds of millions of euro. The level, the depth that this Jamie went through to cover his life is insane. It is street jacket worthy insane. Jamie used to always say to me, you couldn't make this up. You couldn't make this up. Officially, Ireland's number one podcast on Spotify. Morning all, text 0868104106. It's a Monday morning, so the Monday munchies are with us again, courtesy of ourselves, and offbeat donuts on French Church Street. So you need to text who you are and where you are, but most importantly, why you deserve to kick off the working week with boxes of donuts. And deciding on the size of your business, we've got upwards of 60 donuts, like five boxes for you to share with the workmates where you're working. So text who you are and where you are, and most importantly, why you deserve it. Uh, here's a few for you. Karen and her colleagues of the pharmacy department in the South Infirmary Victoria Hospital would love to share the donuts. They need a sugary boost today. Good reason as any. Supply IT in Little Island would love the week to start off with a sugary treat. Everybody at TLC Unlimited Crash and Blarney. Uh, we work very hard looking after all the children in the heat and we would love a treat, says Louise and Kate. East Cork Oil Middleton have a staff of 30. They need a pick-me-up this week. 
Their staff party is Saturday, so it will start our week well off. Uh, they're nuts about donuts. It would be kind of an early start to the staff party next Saturday. And a final one for now, offbeat donuts today. We're very busy bunnies here in the Cork Clinic and we need some joy in our lives this Monday. Lisa, Sharon, Grace and Emer love the show. Well, flattery will get you everywhere. So keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106. Who you are, where you are and why you deserve the Monday treat of donuts from Offbeat Donuts. We'll do some more shout-outs after 11 this morning, but I'm going to stay, actually, with the uh, with the Leaving Certificate itself. It's a cruel system, the Leaving Cert, isn't it? That all of that work that you put into here is another example of it. Two years of putting in the blood, sweat and tears comes down to two or maybe two and a half hours of an exam, and you have students coming out of a maths exam crying and locking themselves into bedrooms. Aileen, good morning. Hi, Neil. Hi. I'm not saying this is the case with your own dear children, but that's what I'm hearing this morning. An awful lot of turmoil and an awful lot of upset. Tell me about yeah, your well, daughters. Well, I have one daughter doing Leaving Cert, um, Audrey level, Maths, and another daughter doing Higher level, Junior Cert. And both of them came home on Friday in tears. And, and to be honest, my daughter doing Leaving Cert struggles with Maths, but she's really been putting in the effort. She's got grinds for the last year. And on Friday... She actually came home so bad on Friday that we had to make an emergency, more or less appointment, to get two hours grinds on Sunday evening. For maths too? For maths too. And she was up until half twelve last night doing maths questions in her bedroom and went out this morning in a complete panic. And that panic, of course, will lead to a kind of a haze or a fog. And I hope to God she didn't struggle to concentrate this morning. I'm hoping, well, I don't know yet now, but I hope, hope, I tried to reassure her this morning, telling her, you know, look, just forget about Friday, you can't do anything about it. What did she say? What did she say about it? She, the one thing, Neil, I found very interesting, she said, reading the questions, the language of the questions, she couldn't understand the actual language. That's it. That's it. The language of the questions, which, to be honest, and like she does ordinary level math, but friends of hers in higher level, were very upset and their college courses depend on it. Like my daughter was saying she's not getting into college on Friday. Is that what you're saying? That's it? Forget yeah. about it. Yeah, that's it. Like everything else for the rest of the week, like she, it, it wasn't even taken into consideration because she's like, I'm not getting in. And she was working so hard all week. She was so calm about everything. Like as she, I was very proud of her, to be honest. And Friday just totally... They just couldn't follow the paper the way it was worded, yeah. the wording in yeah. it. Yeah, that Einstein couldn't complete it. In fact, a professional yeah. maths grind company struggled. You know, we've just spoke yeah. a few minutes ago. Struggled to complete it. Yeah, and her grind teacher on Sunday was livid, livid over it. Isn't it very? Isn't it very cruel? All the same. Yeah, it's to be honest, the pressure they're under already for this, and like these are the kids that didn't do junior cert that spent more or less a year in COVID at home doing It was the first big one for them, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. the first big one. And my daughter in junior cert, to be honest, like, she she doesn't struggle with maths that much, but she came home telling me she had failed maths. All right. So it's not just the leaving cert, the junior cert paper was very, very tough too. But I, I, and I hope I'm not saying too much, but you said in your text that you're, you're I imagine this is your leaving cert daughter spent the weekend in her bedroom. She did, yeah. She did all weekends, all weekends. And as a mother, Friday that's day. heartbreaking, isn't it? Oh, it broke my heart on Friday. It broke my heart because I am so proud of her that she put in all the work for the last couple of months. She was so calm dealing with it all last all last week. And then on Friday, it's coming back deflated on Friday. And of course, you're now up to 90 as to what Matt's paper 2 yeah. is like this morning. 
Yeah, and I, to be honest, I'm actually worried going forward for the rest of the week that that she she was so coping with it all so well that for the other subjects after the maths paper, like if she comes in today and says the paper two was was, was as tough, I don't know how I'm going to get her morale back up there for the rest of the subjects. What happens, just remind me again, if people fail maths with regards to a college education? I think they don't get in or I think it's a certain thing with like with certain courses you have like especially kids that are looking for points you have that there's to. extra points yeah. for especially honours maths that people are depending on they're actually depending on to get into their courses yes I understand that maths would be a requirement but do you actually fail the leaving cert if you get a, if you get honours everywhere else and fail maths that's I, to be honest that's what I'm reading but like I, that, that's what I I didn't realise that myself but that's what I'm reading that's that's what my daughter has been saying all weekend. You fail maths, you fail your leaving cert. You can't wait till one o'clock to find out if she got on, I suppose. Yeah, half past twelve. The phone is ready to go. <laughs> all right, okay. Then, be- yeah, be- like, better let her call you than you calling her, though. Yeah. No, no, I know that I'm waiting. And, and to be honest, I just think every child in the country didn't deserve this after what they have been through for the last two years with, like, no junior cert, a year at home doing Zoom classes. And they've all worked very, very hard for this for these exams. You know what? They sometimes when I read things in a newspaper, I say, oh, "Yeah, well, you know, maybe, maybe that mightn't be a hundred percent true. They might be flamming it up a bit." Um, but the impression I'm getting this morning, because I'm getting a lot of texts and calls from people saying this is real, like this was hell, this was unfair, yeah. this was painful. Yeah, and, and to be honest, like a lot of mothers when they came in on Friday, you know, for a couple of minutes, I went, "Okay, maybe it's my too." But over the weekend, I have read myself and I've been in contact with people and the maths grind, the, the grind teacher on Sunday, that I've realised that it's, no, it's ever, I think it's across the board. No, maths teachers are saying it, grind teachers are saying it, everybody's saying it, and most importantly, the students are saying it. Fingers crossed for lunchtime for all of the Maylene. Thank you so much for taking That's the perfect. call. Thank you, Neil. Thank God you. God bless. Take care. Tara, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Okay. Uh, I don't have much time this side of 11, but again, this is another parent worried on behalf of a child. Your daughter, I think, is it? Yeah, my daughter said the honours maths there and she said it was an absolutely horrendous and apparently question number 10, she said she didn't even understand the language of it and the, the thing is, she she goes to a, a comment there here in Clonakilty and she said most girls came out in absolute shock to the core that like girls that would have been H1s, no problem, were in an awful state and for the entire weekend now, she had to sit there and study from six o'clock in the evening to she got up at five o'clock this morning just to do paper two in fra- in case she wouldn't get the you know the marks in order to get in to the course in UCC. So it's like my college career now is gone. That's how horrific they what they've done to these girls and these lads in the country. But are you saying and to me that she can't get a college offer without maths? Yes, is it? Well, you well you every every well. If you don't for certain courses, you won't get in. If you don't, if you don't get a certain um, maths, yeah, she's going for computer science. She has to get a certain amount of maths in order to get that. So it is very important these maths. You know what I'm saying? You see, they might know the equation or the theorem or how to actually answer the mathematical challenge, right? But if it's worded in a way that they don't recognise or confuses them, they're not going to get to the answer part. Absolutely. But not only this, Neil, you've, there's another side you need to think about this, is that the hard questions threw them off so much that then the easy questions, they, their head would have been spinning. You know, if you're in a fight or flight situation, you're not even going to be able to 
to understand that because you're already in a, you know what I'm saying? I know you're exactly what you're saying. You're you're actually, even the simple ones you'll be, or not simple, but the ones that you think you understand, you'll be second guessing. Do I understand yeah. it? That's the problem now with this paper. It's not only, it's after throwing everyone in, like if you think about it, if you're sitting down there for two and a half hours and you can't do a hard question and then you're going on to the easy question, you're like, oh my God, oh my God, I, I don't know what I'm doing. That's what you're going to do. So my heart goes out to all these students in Ireland today. Today. So she because wasn't able sitting. to look at any Irish then at the weekend. She just no, drilled forget back the Irish. Forget the Irish. She didn't even open the book. The Irish. She said she wanted because she was so afraid that she wouldn't do well in the paper too. Isn't it awful to see your loved one and your child going through much so much trouble? Hor- horrible, isn't it? Absolutely yeah. horrible. And you you want you want whoever wrote the paper held accountable for what Absolutely. that person did. Absolutely, that man that wrote that paper needs to be held accountable and come out and explain why. He how do you know it was? A, how do you know it was a man? Well, I'm not even going to go. I, I that's what I've heard that it was a male that did it. <laughs> that he that he wrote this paper. Right. Okay. Not that it should matter whether he's male or female or whatever. It shouldn't. Um... That's what I heard. Now I don't know if it's rumor or not, Neil. But I did hear it was a man up in Dublin that wrote this paper. But again, it's all rumored, so I can't put that. You know what I'm saying? But I do know. Yeah. Okay. I heard that. Okay. Wait. But I think he should be made accountable. And then if they're going to do this bell curve, if they do the bell What's curve that? for the hard question, they're saying that. Um, to be honest with you, it's they're going to give better or higher marks to the hard questions so that you'll get a better chance of passing it or something. But the quest, the problem with that, though, Neil, is grand to do that. But what about the easy questions that you do that you might have messed up? And so I'm not sure where they're going to go with this paper one. Mm-hmm. And if, okay. if paper two is like this, we're all waiting for 12 o'clock to come around. Well, so it, well it would have been way, they wouldn't have been able to re-write, rewrite paper two to take up the issue of paper one being too difficult because that wouldn't have happened over the weekend. So it... You know, it it could be as hard. It could be harder. They say traditionally, paper two is harder. Yes, that's what they've said. So we'll have, yeah. Okay, half twelve. So, Let's find out. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks, Tara. Thanks, Aileen. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Pick up the phone on oh eight one eight one zero four one zero six. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. Oh eight one eight one zero four one zero six. Red FM. Yeah, and it raises the question as well. Actually, just listening to that advertising break there as to you know we got Father's Day at the weekend and we need to drill into that this week with the perfect gift for fathers. So come on, text me. What do you think would be a great gift for a father for Father's Day? Text 0868104106. Oh, what about the teacher? Um, say, for instance, a primary school teacher. You'd have the same primary school teacher, wouldn't you, all through the year? So then at the end of the year, the primary school teacher for your son or daughter gets a gift as they head into the summer break. I heard the great Joe Duffy talking about it on the air last week. Apparently somebody was in a supermarket and they saw these huge signs in one of the supermarkets saying, thank you, teacher. Thank you, teacher. We love you, teacher. And under it was a big display of gin, as in... <laughs> buy a bottle of gin for your primary school teacher there like 25 or 30 in the class 30 bottles of gin I mean, some might say that a primary school teacher might need the gin I'm Lana O'Connor Red FM News is first for local national and international news and you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie The Neil Prenderville Show Red FM Talking about summer I love this time of the year and I love announcing our summer family passes giveaway we've done this we certainly did it last year. Did we do it the year before as well, Claire? What was it? I think we've this is our third year. Um, so what we do is we put together family passes for all sorts of wonderful 
tourist locations and weekend breaks and giveaways and places that you can go and visit. Uh, there's 30 on the list and it's ever growing. Um, if I have some time a little later on, I'll go through the entire list. But we have a lot of new additions onto our list and a lot of people who are very kind to us last year and the year before UCC Tours, West Cork Model Railway, Model Railway Village, the Old Clockgate and Tower, St Mary's Collegiate, the Titanic Experience, the Farm in Granada, Spike Island, the wonderful Skibbereen Heritage Centre, and Nanonagle Place, the new one here I see is the Kinsale Museum, the fabulous Cork City Bus Tours, Cork City Jail, Clonakilty Adventure Centre, Clarny Castle, the Observatory, uh, Alahi's Copper Mine, that's just an example of them. There's loads of them. So we have family passes for them and lots more besides to give away right across June and indeed July. And you never know how we get on in August as well. So I'll start all of that a little later on this morning. Interestingly, you know, talking about, you know, being kind and kindness. Um, I think this is probably the exception. Uh, she says, I got a cab home from, from my home to Kent Station on Friday. It cost me 15 euro. On my return to Cork yesterday, I presumed it would cost me the same going back home. I had 16 euro in my purse. I thought I'd be fine. When I arrived at my home, I asked about the fare. He said, 17 euro 80. I genuinely didn't have it. But he got really annoyed and actually said to me, if I can't afford a taxi, then you shouldn't be getting into one. I'm at a vulnerable stage in my life. And when I got inside my door, I bawled my eyes out. Was one euro eighty that important to him? You know what? I think that's. Uh, I think he just got unlucky. I think I'm fair enough in saying that the vast majority of Cork taxi drivers would say, "Don't worry about it. I'll take the sixteen. I'll get you the next time. Have a great day." But unfortunately, with this character, it wasn't that way. Um, and that's sad. You just pulled a short straw with that individual. Mind you, Susan Drynan says, "Growing up." I was taught two of the most important words are please and thank you. But I'm afraid I find it hard to come across people in customer service who use those words anymore. I understand people in retail have a lot to put up with when dealing with members of the public. But if that's the career path they have taken, then grin and bear it, please. Or think about working in some other field if you cannot afford to be mannerly and polite with customers. In my mind, it's not acceptable in this day and age for staff not to say please and thank you when dealing with people. And it makes me so angry when I encounter rude staff members. And it seems to be happening more and more. Unfortunately, I'm noticing it more with younger staff. Best wishes. Thanks for taking the time to read this, Susan in St. Luke's. Do other people feel similar to Susan when it comes to customer service and do we only notice it when it's really good now when somebody actually does say please or thanks or have a nice day or how are you or have a conversation or a chat text 0868104106 back to the phone line we go Sarah good morning good morning hi now just to put things in perspective although I don't know how much it will relate to the pressures of students now sitting the leaving certificate but you know what I'm saying Um, like how long ago was it when you failed the dreaded maths so 2005. So okay. I didn't say this, My but I, I actually had, I am not at all. So basically, it's only gotten harder for them, and I don't know why it's never been changed. So I went to a Grail school, and I did all my subjects to Irish. Sailed through everything, nothing was too much for me, and then maths just, I could never grasp it. So my parents spent an absolute fortune on grounds for me. I had, I, I moved into a smaller class, all of that. 
and um, I was advised in the end to drop down to foundation because there wasn't a chance of me passing because I couldn't grasp it. And I was stressing myself out and I thought in the end, okay, I'll do foundation. I think now, if a pass in mass was 40, I probably got 40. You know, Just so I, I was mortified about that for years. I wouldn't tell anybody that I had to do foundation. I kept it to myself. And there was only me and one other girl in the class that actually had to do that. And it, it was embarrassing, I felt at the time. What, what, so you have honours, you've got ordinary and foundation. And What's foundation then? Honours and ordinary and then foundation. Foundation's just a bit simpler, but I still found that very difficult. Um, but I just wish they'd change it because if I, now I was lucky because I was one of the lucky ones because I actually went down to do hairdressing and that's what I always wanted to do. And so I didn't really need my leaving cert essentially, but there mm. were two other students in the class at the time, um, stressed out, had to drop down to ordinary, didn't get what they wanted. But in actual fact, they ended up getting their courses after a couple of years. It took a little bit longer, but just for all the parents out there and the students, there is other ways. So I think they went to St. John's College or College of Com for a year and then got what they needed there and then went on to UCC Yeah, I, I, I accept that, but I, I don't think it's yeah. fair. I know that there are other routes and you can yeah. do it. It's, you can get not there. Fair, but it it's doesn't not make fair. it fair, though. If the work has yeah, been done no, and some somebody, yeah. I, I won't say anything about the person who, sat, who yeah. actually wrote the exam, yeah. um, but if they intentionally said, okay, um, I'm going to catch the students out. I'm going to make it more yeah, challenging. Yeah. I'm going to throw very out the unfair. rule book. It's not going to look like previous yeah. exams that they studied. Very, very unfair. And I just think, to, like with the stress for young people these days, um, and I see it myself in the job that I'm in, with the way I talk to people, like even all down through the years, you'd have parents coming in and I'd kind of say, oh, do you know, have you any holidays? That's the usual conversation we'd have. And they'd say, no, I have one at home doing leaving cert and the whole house is up in a heap. Like, it really should change because you shouldn't have to go through that stress. Like, being a teenager is stressful enough as it is, do you know? Yeah, I'm getting texts, though, saying, um, you know, yeah. uh, toughen up. Um, you know, oh this this is um, yeah. this is real world in action, pal. These are exams. Yeah. They're supposed to be hard. They're supposed to be a lesson in life to prepare you for what's coming down the track. Life ain't yeah, fair. Yeah, well, they have gotten harder, you know. It has gotten harder. And, like, people... People still have nightmares about their leaving cert. You'd still wake up in the middle of the night and get that feeling, the panicky feeling, oh my God, do you know? Um, well, people describe to me is, is um, uh, I think we all had it, was you, you're thinking, I am just going to celebrate so much when these are over. I'm going to yeah, just have yeah. a great summer and it's going to be, and we're, I'm just going to scream with joy at the exactly, freedom of, yeah. but, but the actual sense is, is anticlimactic. Yes, it, I, yes, I don't know, did you yes. experience that? It's just kind of almost like well, a Neil, deflation. Well, what happened to me was I handed a CV into a very well-known hair salon and they said to me, what day do you finish your leaving cert? I said a Thursday. And they said, right, you can have one day off and you can start on the Saturday. So I think my parents were delighted because I never got to go on the leaving cert holiday, but I went straight into the working world. <laughs> and that, that was so, your chosen career that, path? That's your, that was, that's your was, passion? Was, you know, yeah, yeah, it is, it is, to be fair now. But uh, there was no break in between. There was no summer of celebrating. Yeah, yeah. You said you went into yeah. hairdressing, worked in a huge salon did, for 17 yeah. years, one of the biggest companies. Yeah, yeah, and I still do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I love it. I know, you know? I know. And, I, and I, like, that was my chosen career. And had I needed points to get to that career, I could only imagine the level of stress I would have felt, you know? 
Um, so I, I do, I feel for all the young people oh, and yeah. especially the lady that was on earlier and said that her daughter spent the weekend in her bedroom. God love her, like, you know, that, that's like, I mean... That's awful. It's terrible, yeah. You know, with your chosen yeah. career, there's an awful lot more involved in that than just cutting, blow-drying, oh, colouring yeah, hair, yeah. isn't it? You yeah. really are, like, yeah. um, people are, they tell you everything, don't they? I mean, you have to have Oh, they to. do, yeah. Yeah, we're like counsellors as well. We just listen and, you know, you build a, like, after doing it for so long, you build relationships with people and they become almost like your friends, you know? So it, it's lovely. And yeah. it was hard days too. It's hard days too. You don't know. Some days you don't know who you're going to meet. But um, <laughs> have you more but muscles nice. in one arm than the other? I, I know a hairdresser pal of mine, and she's got more muscles oh, in yeah. the right arm yeah, because yeah. of the hairdryer. Yeah, yeah. Whichever hand you hold the hairdryer, you need <laughs> more strength and more muscles. So one larger arm. <laughs> one larger like, arm. Uh, like Popeye. <laughs> Popeye's arm. <laughs> I let you get back to it, Sarah. Thanks a lot. Oh, thanks so much. O'Neill, right. would you keep us in mind today for the donuts? I'd sent a message earlier. Where are you? In P- Peter Mark in Douglas Court. How many of you are there? There's about 15 on today. Okay, okay. And anybody on diets, though? I'd, I'd be very slow to send 60 donuts no, into Peter Mark's or something. Not, not at all. Like the table would just be full of treats all the time and just grab what you can when you can. In Douglas Court, <laughs> is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd say yes, but they're shaking their heads here at me. Who's the actual boss around here, Sarah, do you think? Where, where you are, Neil? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Jesus, you're, you're, the, you're the boss. I would have thought that, yeah. Well, I would have thought whatever it would, you want to do. I would have thought it would be my call if I decided to send the donuts down to Peter Marks and Douglas. They're wagging fingers at me now, you see? Ah, uh, I think they're being ageist. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I'll tell, I'll tell you what I do. Why don't, I, why don't I split it into two piles and have two winners and, and send you 30 and someone else 30? What about that? Oh, no, we only need 15. 15? Yeah. I don't, I don't know about 15. that. Once you have one, you'll want a second. Ah, not at all. Okay. Um, that's my foundation, Matt Snow. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, send you, I'll send you 15 donuts then to Peter Marks and Douglas. Oh, Thank you so Go much. Go on. Good luck. Good luck. Good Thanks luck. Take care, Sarah. And good Cheers. Luck to everybody with the rest of their leaving, sir. Well done. Thanks. If you don't ask, you don't get, as the fellow says. Sit back there and have a, a cup of tea and have a listen to these texts with regards to the mass paper. How could they cover it? Sure, they're constantly having days off, weeks off, week after week. No wonder it wasn't covered. Ah, there you go. Um, my niece did honours maths. She said, yes, it wasn't a nice paper, but she said she got through it. And maths isn't and never has been her best subject. My daughter came out in shock after maths paper one. She's a great student and she works hard. She had the work put in. She even went to change her CAO on Friday evening. She never thought the day would come when she'd be facing failing maths. On Saturday, we were still trying to get, get her back on track as she was reeling from Friday. If the second paper is similar, they won't be able to do Irish after lunch. These poor students, this will impact their mental health hugely, says Eilish in Waterford. It's good that students have to think about exam questions, not just regurgitate what they've learned by memory and only depend on what the teacher thought would come up. Those days must stop. Uh, Morning has artificial intelligence applications being used to make the maths exam paper as it seemed totally out of touch with reality. I think maths are totally out of touch with the reality anyway. My son was very disgusted as well. He's a brilliant student and it kind of knocked him sideways. It can't come on air, but thank you so much for bringing up the topic. 
There's reams of these, pages of them, just another few for now. Both my daughters did leaving certificate ordinary and junior cert high level, came home crying on Friday. Another one here, can't come on air, but I think all state exams should be abolished. My friend died by suicide awaiting the results of the junior cert because of the stress put on them. It is ridiculous. Oh my God, the tragedy of that. It's a disgrace what they do with the maths paper. Do they not realise these kids were trying to study and online learning during a COVID pandemic? And finally, for now, Richie says, whatever about the difficulty of the maths exam, these young men and young women should use this experience as a valuable life lesson. Life isn't fair. This lesson, properly learned, would be far more beneficial to them in the years to come than any mathematical proficiency could ever be possible, says Richie and Topo. Yes, but unfortunately, if that's life's lesson, life isn't fair, um, aren't we also skilling and tooling up our young people so that they also won't be fair to others, you know? So it's not necessarily a good lesson in that regard. Anyway, you know, when you hear people that are struggling with regards to waiting or sitting exams, can I remind you that there are those that can help and the Samaritans are amongst them on 116123. Just to remind people that there is life even after exams, even when exams go wrong. Look at Sarah's story, um, who, uh, you know, many other people, and we've spoken to them in the past, did not need a leaving certificate to follow the career path that they chose. They followed their passion instead. Back after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818 Cork's Red FM. On uh, people refusing uh, public authority housing offers. I don't know how true that is about people refusing houses, Neil. I'm on the list four years with three children, haven't had a sniff of an offer. So if there are that many people ahead of us getting houses and also refusing them, then there has to be some something off there. My children are Irish though, so I'm guessing they're not first choice for the council anymore. Too busy to talk, just wanted to make the point. I'd say it's being exaggerated, at least I hope so. Uh, Don't know about that, the statistics are out. Actually, if you were offered a house or a flat that you do not want, you can refuse it without affecting your place on the housing list. But if the local authority thinks that you do not have a good enough reason for refusing the offer, it can reduce your priority on the list. Like, if you refuse more than one reasonable offer in any 12-month period, you will be suspended from the list for 12 months, during which you cannot claim rent supplement. So if you refuse more than one, but if it's a reasonable refusal, you know, reasonable, um, then, and and I would probably think that one of them would be, I saw a lot of them this morning, um, living too close to an ex-partner. I mean, that could be deemed to be a valid reason if the ex-partner was violent or the ex-partner was possessive or engaging in uh, coercive control. Do you know what I mean? Things like that. Uh, but unfortunately, one in five on the waiting list turned down council homes and Cork City and County doesn't do too well on it either. And some of the reasons um, that they listed was that the house was too small, uh, lacked a garden, garden was too small, not enough parking space, lo- located too close to an ex-partner, lack of storage for motorbikes, uh, bedrooms being too small were also amongst the reasons. But um, you would think that in some cases, far be it for me to comment, I have my own home, but that needs must, you know, that the, the motorbike shouldn't be an issue and any garden is better than a no garden at all. Other ones then included too near the main road for a small child. Surely you could take it, you could, you could probably put security in place, you know, where the children weren't running out onto the main road. Too far away from school. Uh, needed to live near family, um, not allowed to keep pets, uh, an undesirable housing estate, too much anti-social behaviour. 
Um, one that certainly I don't think should be a reason for refusing it because the property only had one bathroom. Again, needs must. You just, you know, work it out, I suppose. Uh, they're just some of the reasons that we're giving your thoughts as to whether that's acceptable or not. Text 0868104106. And then I'll come to you in a sec, Dan, but I just want to segue in by comparing, say, for instance, um, you know, our Garda services or indeed our paramedic services and then the work of our firefighters. Here's a good example of that. Uh, I didn't get to it last week, but it has to do with the bank holiday weekend uh, where somebody got in touch with me and said, I hope you, a, hope you all had a wonderful bank holiday weekend. The, not weekend, just gone with the one before it certainly with all the great sunshine. We spent the weekend sitting out in the front garden watching the world go by in a very busy court, Max Sherry. We hear a lot about shortages of Gardaí all over Cork, city, county and indeed all over the country. But the bank holiday weekend in Court Mac, like most weekends, it seems like every Garda unit in the county was driving through it. It seemed like every hour, all day and night, a police car drove through the village. It certainly wasn't the same guys each hour, There were unmarked cars, squad cars, police jeeps and even the paddy wagon on at least six occasions that we noticed each day, but especially on Bank Holiday Monday. This small village must have a very high crime rate given the cost of funding Bank Holiday overtime. I'm just curious if this phenomenon was the same in all small coastal villages and if anyone was policing the larger towns and cities or were they all in, go- in Court Mac? It seem- we seem to have a go-safe speed van permanently active in the village for the past year and even unmarked police cars hanging out on a quiet Monday afternoon last week. We are either the most dangerous village in the country or the safest. I can't make up my mind which. It's a pity we don't have the same presence to make our real capital, Cork City, feel just as safe as Court McSherry. So thank you for that. I mean, I mean, there is a serious note to this, but I couldn't help but laugh when you said, we don't know down here whether we're the most dangerous village in the country or the safest. Court McSherry was certainly one of the most beautiful. I think we'd all agree with that. But I only mentioned that actually because earlier on we were talking about um, the fire department or indeed the fire stations around the county, of which we have 20, but only two of them are manned. And now we have retained firefighters who are literally going to be turning off their pagers, turning off their bleepers. Hopefully that won't happen, but it's a last ditch effort to get better pay and condition for those that are on call 24-7. Dan, good morning. Hi Neil, love listening to this show. Good Great man show, yourself. Mark. I spoke to a few of them this morning, um, so I hope you heard that part of the conversation because you're, if I remember correctly, a former firefighter from Johannesburg. Yeah, for sure, Neil. Um, Neil, just to give some um, perspective firstly to the issue. Um, obviously, firefighters, Neil, are, uh, are a community asset. Not only that, Neil, the, um, the retained firefighter system, which is... Uh, which is very common here in Ireland and across the world for that matter. Well, if it is, it should never have been allowed to happen. Oh, OK, hold your guns now, Neil. Neil Retain Firefighters saves the council and more importantly, you and me, the taxpayer, millions of euros across the country, Neil, every year. If you compare the cost of a retained fire service versus the cost of a full-time fire I service. I think everybody would be very happy to pay their taxes towards um, an all-singing, all-dancing fire service. Uh, correct. Now, Neil, uh, okay. Um, given that a retained fire service, Neil, whether one agrees or disagrees with it, is a very common concept throughout the world, typically a retained firefighter in the UK would have a contract of being on call, uh, on, um, on standby for 84 hours a week. 
Whereas listening to the boys there this morning and the girls, it would seem that they're on uh, call out 24-7, which is like 168 hours a week. It's 24-7 for a full week. Yeah, which is ridiculous nearly. And they, and they get one, hour, one euro per hour per standby. Yeah, that's pretty... Yeah, I mean, Neil, that is... Um, <laughs> it's laughable. Um, so just to come back to the UK, Neil, 84 hours, which means you're, 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 half, you're, you're half the time on, you're half the time off. Um, firstly, if you want to work above 84 hours a week, if you want to be on standby for longer, you can, and then you are paid a premium rate on top of your basic standby rate. I understand so, that. I understand so that. We're, I, understand so we, I just don't want to have 200 fire stations nationwide struggling to maintain a basic workforce. Of course, Neil, and uh, I support you in that regard. And, um, you know, the, the, the firefighters, Neil, the great firefighters in our communities, they need our support. And, uh, and I'm calling on our politicians to, to man up and woman up and support them. Um, you know, some people will argue that a retained fire service is, uh, and I'm not sure if I subscribe to this, but people will argue that it's, um, it's providing a, fire, a professional fire service on the cheap. Is it? But it's sure, of course, that's what it is. Why else would they have taken all of the full-time staff out of our fire stations? Why else would they have closed Ballancolic if it wasn't to save money? Should, that's what yeah, it's all about. Yeah. And, and apparently we have a serious surplus of cash in this country, unspent. Well, 100%, Neil, I fully agree with you with that. And... Um, like I said to you before, Neil, you know, there's, uh, there's a huge amount of people coming into the country, great people from uh, the Ukraine and that are getting their uh, five-star treatment. I'm all for that. Don't get me wrong, Neil. However, why are our reservist firefighters not getting... <laughs> why, why, why do Ukrainian <laughs> refugees get dragged into every single problem that we have in this country? Why, well, why? Neil, yeah, Neil, I was discussing this with a mate of mine this morning, and that's the issue he raised with me. So I said, I don't have the answer... But I said, look, um, you know, it's worth throwing out there. There is money to give uh, people coming into the country five-star treatment, the Ukrainian people. I'm all for that. Don't get me wrong. However, I'm also for giving our retained firefighters five-star treatment. Mm. At the moment, Neil, they're lucky if they're getting the two-and-a-half-star treatment. Yeah. That's the issue. I think Ukrainian refugees are being well looked after. I get that. 100%. And I think that they're getting, um, uh, you know, you know uh, fairly, fairly decent... Um, uh, well, not, 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 no, not 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 treatment. But I, I did see the I did see the video that Owen English put up for the examiner at the weekend with regards to the modular homes down in Mahan. At one stage, I thought he was an auctioneer, but he did a really good job. He did a walk through the the modular home. Um, they they are small and they are kind of, they are kind of tight, but they're very cozy and brilliantly fitted out. I mean, they're incredible. Anybody would bite the hand off them if you were homeless. They really were. I think, I think Ukrainian refugees are being well looked after. I wouldn't describe it as five-star treatment, however. I wouldn't describe it as that. Okay, well, look, Neil, I would call it in four-star treatment. Let's agree it's a four-star treatment. And um, four-star treatment by any uh, standard is very good standard to be treated. And I'm all for it, Neil. Don't get me wrong. But I also want our retained firefighters to get four-star treatment. True enough. True the, enough. The money, yeah. the money's in the kitty, Neil. And um, I'm a facts person, Neil. All I'm interested in is facts. Our reservist firefighters are not getting four-star treatment, and um, and people that are coming into the country are. Can't but disagree Neil, with that. Can't Neil, disagree with that. Just one issue, Neil. I touch on most fire services across the world are retained firefighters and volunteer firefighters. Seventy to eighty percent of the fire departments in the United States 
or uh, a reserve fire services need and volunteer fire services. It's only the Lord. I know, but you can't you can't dumb down lives. You know, the providing of a service to save a life cannot be dumbed down. It cannot be about saving money, penny pinching, closing fire stations, not paying good money to fire service personnel, whether they're full time or part time. You can't like this is not you can't this is yellow pack. It's just not on. 100% Neil I'm, I agree with you 100% however it seemed to be on your show earlier on that you were saying that the concept or you were implying that the concept of a, of a retained fire service volunteer fire service is um, is not uh, you know is not, a, is not shall I say the norm but it is the norm thank it, you it, it I, wasn't, is, I wasn't aware it is that the it's, norm yeah. across the world Neil ok thank you for that Dan as always thanks for listening stay in touch text 0868104106 and they're actually talking about employment actually talking about you know and again the issue of you know refugees and international protection order applications and what have you coming into the country we're never too far from that topic I'll tell you one thing that is that is happening or at least I see it uh, because I spend a lot of time say, in, in South Kerry and, and, and places like that uh, and I've been in situations in the past even again on Saturday I um, observed two uh, young Ukrainian girls come into uh, a fairly substantial bar restaurant and a bit of food at lunchtime with uh, resumes in their hands both of them were hired straight away uh, just going to show that we have a serious shortage of workers within hospitality in this country particularly across the summer they are desperate for staff um, and uh, it gives opportunity to Ukrainian refugees who are here of working age, you know, capable of working in hospitality because it's a tough gig to come in. The English is pretty good. Uh, and in they come with the resumes. Into, they went back into a, a back office area, had a chat 15 minutes later, 20 minutes later. Out of they came out hired and sorted out and they were starting work the next day. Text 0868 because I know some people will suggest, yeah, but there you go. That's a job plus all of the benefits. You know, um, for those that have and those that do not, hundreds of people, hundreds of people, at least a thousand, probably more, took to the streets of Cork on Saturday calling for the immediate action of the government to address our housing crisis. That was the Raise the Roof campaign and I spoke to them at length on Friday morning's programme. Um, and uh, Saturday, of course, they would have started at Connolly Hall and made their way then to the Grand Parade for the Raise the Roof rally. Uh, Jamie O'Hara was there for Red FM News. This is a sample, a mix down of what happened Saturday afternoon. What do we want? Housing for all. When do we want this? Now. What do we want? Housing for all. When do we want this? Now. When renters' rights are under attack! The threat of like homelessness is like it's it's getting in on everyone. It's not just like the people who are actually homeless, and it's tripling on the time. And it just doesn't seem like people are doing anything to intercede and stop it. I think most young people are planning to leave. Sure, there's nothing here for them. You know, there's no there's no housing for them. There's no houses being built. It's it's just awful, really. It's awful. So. And it's an awful pity more people didn't come out today. You know. Because it needs to be supported. It needs to be supported. Mary Rose Carroll, the Irish Nurses and Midwives Organisation. To be honest, members are finding it very, very difficult, particularly in the urban areas with regard to finding accommodation. And many of them are just, they're just driven out of the cities completely. And those of us that are, have maintained jobs in the cities are now commuting very, very long distances or couch surfing or 
all sorts of different ways of finding accommodation, you know, so it's really, really, really difficult for them. And the difficulty is when they're looking at it and they look at the finances of it, having, you know, been reared here, educated here, um, now they're considering going abroad because the reality is they don't see a future for themselves here and that is just so disappointing considering we've invested so much for them in their training and in their education. We're really looking for here now. It's what people need is affordable housing. People need to have affordable housing and that it's attainable for them. But also, in the, in the, particularly in the shorter term, what we really, really need is, um, is housing for frontline workers and for essential workers. There has to be something provided from that, from that perspective. I mean, we have people sleeping on the streets, we have people working full-time jobs, double jobs, we have families that are struggling, and our housing system has utterly failed. So I think we do need to reconsider the whole housing situation. It's absolutely terrifying. Like, you have people renting that they don't know if they're going to be homeless next month. I mean, people are one housing or one paycheck away from being homeless. When you are homeless, what services are there? Absolutely nothing. My name is Martin Horgan. I'm living in Middleton at the moment. Uh, my situation is, um, when I got my mortgage, it was a 100% mortgage at the time. And as you know, the interest rates are after rising and rising and rising. I'm struggling to pay back my mortgage. I had to borrow 100 quid off my daughter this morning to keep me going till next Wednesday. It's very upsetting. I mean, she's only 19. She's working. But, I mean, you know, it's just very, very tough at the moment. Uh, I appreciate people are homeless and all that, but... I mean, I'm in the difference. I mean, I have a five-bedroom house, a car outside the door. I have a good job, but I'm struggling, struggling big time. You know, I pay the bills and pay the mortgage and all that, and it just keeps going up and up. And I have two daughters that are renting at the moment, and they're struggling as well. As I say, I not get paid till next Wednesday, and I'm skint this morning. Sometimes you do overtime if there's overtime there, but all the overtime is gone out at the moment as well. I, I'm born in Berlin. We had a doctor there around the turn of the century. His name was Sille. And he said you can kill a man with a house as good as with an axe. So when people are put in bad housing conditions in B&B and, and in collapsing buildings and, and derelict sites, you kill them virtually. You, you kill not only the people, you kill society. As a young man, many years ago, I remember when they had been grown, Nathalie Haley and Mayfield. And around, that was not too far after the last war. Built by the local council. About 13 years ago, if not more, they decided to supply that to private builders. It was the biggest mistake they ever made. From that time on, we had problems with housing. If the local council do not go back to the way they were, they're always going to have this problem. My advice to them now, as an elderly man, to go back to the way they were first. And employability, and there's this excuse, we haven't got the builders, they haven't they're not properly trained they will not go back to that and for some reason I don't understand they should go back to it and they may have to go back to it to support the ordinary people there's no ordinary people can buy a house now today they're too expensive and this situation they can shout and scream this situation is going to get worse and worse until they go back to where they were 30 years ago. Jimmy O'Hara with a report from the Raise the Roof protest rally in the city on a Saturday. Katrina Toomey was there representing not just herself as a proud Corkonian but Cork Penny Dennis as well. Katrina, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Now, one person, uh, some of the newspapers saying hundreds, and, and the Echo this morning says a thousand, and one person in that Vox Pop said it's a pity more people didn't turn out. How many would you estimate were there? Um, 
I, we couldn't see behind us. We were up the front, but it looked like a lot. And I think one of the guys um, that was organising it said there was about 1,500 people there. It looked like there was a lot of people. Yeah, it through, looked right. very it impressive look to me very, when yeah, I looked at the video yeah. footage. It, it would have been better if it were 15,000, but there you go, nonetheless. Absolutely. And, you know, this is it. Like, if you have feet on the street, the government is going to sit up and take notice. We have issues that are going on for such a long, long, long time, no end in sight for any of them and more people suffering. More but you're people. saying for years that the government should hang their heads in shame, but nothing changes. Oh. No, it's like as if once they get into that lovely place up in Dolair and above, like there's a detachment from reality and the reality is that the people are dying, the people are suffering, the people have mental health issues are just absolutely... Uh, gone through the roof and everybody is talking about the same things I'm talking about homelessness, mental health poverty you know, uh, look at the firefighters there a while ago, uh, absolutely obscene that they're in, uh, uh, in the position that they're in we need firefighters yeah Definitely need firefighters. Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm, I, we had a fire years ago, and only for them, you know, and right. the neighbours would have been, you know. So I know what it's like. You, it's you actually technically are a firefighter yourself, fighting a different kind of fire and a different, a different kind, kind of, of fire. a yeah. different kind of and, threat. And the fire has gone out of so many people's bellies now at this rate, like that is, and the light gone out of their eyes. That it's so hard to look at. We're just looking at. You know, people becoming more and more, you know, like years ago, you could see people that may have been institutionalized and there was a kind of a look. Well, we're seeing that look now. It's the look of despair, the look of bewilderment, the look of people being lost, broken. They're broken, simply so broken that they don't see any way that they can mm. mend themselves and, and no light for them. And I just think the government have a lot to answer for and they have a lot of people to answer too. They must... Remember that as well. They must answer two people as well. Yeah. And, like, do you know, what's wrong? Like, why can't they just get their act together and fix it for them? Yeah, yeah you see... What you, is wrong with them? You, you, you would have experienced different types of homelessness. Um, and yeah. I, I need to be careful how, how I word this, because traditionally yeah. we would have known of people who were homeless because of addiction issues or mental health issues or trauma in their life. And That's of course, you continue to deal with that and others do as well. Okay. But you're also, you were quoted in the Echo this morning saying, now it's about people who have a job or have two jobs and can't yeah. afford the food, the heat, the rent and everything that comes yeah. with running a home. We know people that, that are working so many hours and the money they get goes directly to their rent or to their mortgage and they've nothing left. And they're off their heads with worry. And they contact us and other people might contact us on their behalf and it's just they cannot make ends meet now if you can't make ends meet for one week you know you're in trouble the next week and the week after because you have to try and sort it out but if you can't make ends meet every week yeah. of the year look at the situation that you're going to find yourself in and again there's no help no support no nothing to lift them and to say okay we've got your backs we look after you and the government need to have the backs of these people. You they just need to get in there now. You know, you were also quoted and probably said this at the actual rally itself where you said, we see people one day and two or three days later we learn they've died in our streets. You gave yeah. you gave a figure of five deaths on the streets of Cork in a fortnight. Yeah. Yeah. 
and there was like three one week, two another week. There may have been more, and and, and these were people all connected to the streets. And again, you know, for the sake of their families, they died, and the horror and the pain that's ripping through their families, you know, is it, unbelievable. And for for a lot of the people that have died, like they may have been addiction. And this again is where I keep begging and pleading with the government, treatment centres, treatment centres, treatment centres. Step-down programmes, step-down facilities for people. Don't just treat them for a number of weeks and then put them out and no step-down facilities. Those that we have are great, the facilities that we have. There's no problem with any of them. They're all fine. We just haven't enough and they don't have enough resources. So that's what the problem is, not enough. So the, the government needs to tackle this one before we lose any more people. Of course, and that is with treatment and with rehab places for people who do wish to turn their lives around. Then it's about homes for people who have nowhere to live, young people who are still at home or couch surfing, young people who know in Ireland that there really is never going to be an opportunity for them to be able to to stay and afford to live here. So look to stay at home and they're lucky to be able to stay at home and they know that and they appreciate that. But how long can they stay at home it's going to be indefinite by the looks of things. So they might be there now at 23, 24, 25, 26, but they could still be there at 36 and 46 and 56 at this rate. Mm. Because mm. Where, what is going to happen? Like, how are they going to get a place of their own? The rental market is just crazy. Just there is so much. But surely your that. advice to them should be to spread their wings and just leave, yeah? Oh, to know, like some people can't leave. I had a son who went to Boston and his boss had to practically send him home. He said the loneliness that hit him when he got yeah, there was lovely business. Yeah, I know. So, like, you know, he wasn't able for it, you know, and, and then I had another son who was more than capable. But so, like, you, you can't say really, and what about the parents? You know, it's grand to say our kids are spreading their wings, right? But do we want them all to go away and spread their wings forever? You know? Australia's a long way for a mother and father, isn't it? And, and you, you know, like the old keep getting older, and the young ones are doing the same. Like, so how 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 far can a, an elderly person go? Like Australia is very far. America is very far for people as well. So, like England is across the water. You're there in less than an hour. But you know, other places that they go to where they have fantastic. And you see, the thing about it is, if they have fantastic opportunities in Australia and in Canada and places like that, why haven't we fantastic opportunities for our young people? Why aren't we taking them into account? Why aren't we providing them with fantastic opportunities in their own countries where they can be around their families? I'm sure when their families get older, you know, and, you know, reach 70s and 80s, they'd love to be there with them to look of course, you know, look after them. But like, you, 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 I mean, it must literally fry your brain, though, when you hear in 2022 we had a government, we had a, we had a budget surplus of eight billion euro. That's eight billion yeah. more than they thought. This year we will have an estimated surplus of sixteen billion euro. That wasn't expected, but that's what we have. But where, where are the people now that should be sitting down saying we have this now? We can do X, Y, and Z. They must have a list. They have to have something from A to a Z, and they have to have it down there and prioritise it and say where do we need it? We need it for housing. They have to look at housing for young people. They have to look at housing for elderly people, people on their own, and housing for families. There are couples without children. They have to look at how you know. There's a load of different types of housing that they must look at. 
but they must get it done. And the last speaker was on about the council, um, you know, going back to the to the days when they were building houses. He's right. That chap happen. in the Vox said that, yeah, because that's the yeah. way it was. The councils and the corporations built. Yeah. And, and, and if you look at 23 and 24, there'll be a surplus of 26 billion. So you would think that that would be easy to fix all sorts of issues going on in Irish society with that kind of money. Wouldn't you? Yeah, and, and the question is why not? Why can't they fix it for that, with that surplus? It's why? a big windfall, isn't it? It's huge. And and again, it should be going into where it's needed. Do you know, like we have our health system, our mental health system, our schools, our education system, like everything, shopping, when people go shopping. Like, the, you know, I, I know, my friend said to me, did I hate going shopping and turn into right or misery? She says, I have to watch everything. And like, you know, she's somebody that would have never said things like that to me in all the long years that I know her. But I'm quite sure many other people are in the same boat as well, that you don't just buy certain, you know, the way you shopped has changed for for many people because they can't afford to just go out and shop. Totally, totally, totally. Um, are, Are you aware of the ever increasing despondency amongst Irish people by comparison to how they perceive the government treating people who are coming in from overseas or do you stay out of that, um, that I, discussion? Look, I, I stay out of all of that because in the ideal world we're all one as far as I'm concerned but I do really have to say I'm so sorry and saddened for the many families that are having to stay in their mother or father's or their grandmother's or their sister's place, their brother's place, for the many children that are stuck in the hotel rooms, the the B&Bs, the guest houses, for, you know, they have to go to school, they have to sit exams, they have to try to be normal, but how can you be normal in one room with your mother and maybe your father and your, your brothers and sisters and could be a new baby, there could be anything. Yeah. I like people just assume that people are in there because it was their own fault. It's not, and people really have to look at the fact that, that people are now being placed in positions because, one, landlords are, are just taking back the houses, you know, coming up with various reasons and, and whatever. Some are legit, some would, will, you know, but others are taking them back so that they can re-rent them, like, you know, at a much higher price. And and basically, that's what it is. That price out, it's priced out of everybody's range. People just can't afford to rent anymore. And we know, like, I'm sure you know, I'm sure everybody here knows that, yeah. you know, with young people, that they might, you know, only supposed to be three or four in the house, like, and they could be 10, 12. Oh, and I, 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 understand. I know, I mean, like, yeah. I've already been told to cop myself on. Somebody says, are you mad? Why should our children have to spread their wings and leave their birthplace? Yeah. Incidentally, the same texter says, well, we pamper refugees with homes and everything that comes with it. Uh, you, you can't be judgmental in what you do, though. I appreciate no. that. You just need to. No, and I, 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 won't, I won't because it, it's not right. And I know it's just that people get frustrated and people say things. But yeah, the yeah. government need to be looking after the people that are on. Are, you know, we have people here that have been on the list for 10, 15, 20 years. And you can, you can imagine their despair and despondency when they find out like that they, they can't get a place and they have to wait longer and longer and longer again. So it, it's like doggy dog, I suppose, in one sense, and people being pitted against each other. That's which it. That's what happens all. all too often. It certainly does. Yeah. Katrina, thanks for taking the call. I do appreciate it. Continued success with the incredible work that you do at Cork Penny Dinners. Katrina Toomey, back after the break. The Neil Brendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday, 0818 104 104.
06. We'll pick it up in the morning, lads, and get to even more. But our Monday Munchie shout-outs for everybody, the doctors, nurses and staff at the Rapid Prostate Cancer Clinic, the CUH. They deserve a treat for the fantastic work they do. For the staff at Toomey's Butchers and McCroom, a great bunch of lads and girls. For everybody at Maxi Zoo and Ballancolic. And also for Heat Merchants, North Point, needing a boost. That's up at the business park. And uh, this is the Monday of all Mondays so far. So it's the Murphy's Law of Mondays, they say. What could go wrong, did go wrong so far. Uh, but our winners for this week and Monday's Munchies, uh, Monday Munchies, courtesy of ourselves and offbeat donuts on French Church Street, will be Ellen Kelleher and the gang at Eurostyle on the Old Mallow Road. It's our last week working there, so it would be great to give everyone some donuts to celebrate my departure. My words, not hers. They'll be sad to see you go, Ellen. But Eurostyle on the Old Mallow Road. And also, because Sarah asked earlier on, some donuts for, as she puts it herself, all of the girlies working in Petermark. Douglas Court, making people beautiful. So some sugary tea treats for you as well. Finally, it's the very start of our summer summer family pass giveaway. Can I also say, if you're going anywhere across the summer and taking the smallies of the family and you're going exploring Cork, get the Explore Cork app. Download the app. It is fantastic. I've been singing its praises of the past. It's one of the greatest apps I've ever seen for places to go and see anywhere, never mind the 850 places to see and do around Cork and it's all categorised brilliantly it's the Explore Cork app download it, you'll be very proud of what we have on offer. So we have dozens of family passes all over the place. This morning I want to give away five family passes before I leave you for Spike Island. Now each pass admits two adults and two children or one adult and three children, whatever the case may be. It includes return ferry journey, the guided tour and full access to the fort and island. So get dialing now on 0818104106 five family passes, you will love it particularly if you've never been there before Spike Island in Cork Harbour have a good day I'll see you tomorrow. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.